Oh, hi. I didn't hear you come in. When did you get here? It's Chris here from 8 Days a Geek. Now, normally, at this point of the podcast, which is to say the very beginning, we'd introduce ourselves, the podcast, and the subject matter for the week. It's what you've come to expect. It's our format. It's how things go. And if I'm honest with you, that's exactly how we recorded this one. We did the introduction of the podcast, of each other, and of the subject matter for the week. What's happened since then is that a member of 8 Days a Geek, who shall remain nameless but is widely known as AJ Jenks, lost the introduction to the pod. Now, all of the blame doesn't rest at AJ's door, because another nameless member of 8 Days a Geek called Ben Pryor insists on running Logic Pro X, which is the digital audio workstation we use to record the pod, on a Mac from the late 80s, and, as you'd expect, it crashed 20 minutes into recording. So... I, as the editor of the podcast, have been forced to explain to you, poor listener, why it sounds like we're starting 20 minutes into the podcast. It's because we are. So here's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Enjoy. Oh, and enjoy AJ's reverb on his track. He did that. He did that. I ain't got nothing but love, Eight days so we open with what we don't know to be, but it is actually a nightmarish scene. Oh. Yes, we did. Well, we we don't know that yet, but we uh, we open with this old man. Well, oldish, and he's uh, <laughs> as good, gen- gently put, <laughs> and he is cooking a brew, and it's screaming away screaming yeah. away it's a whistler isn't it yeah well he, he knows that's ready and he is a gamekeeper groundskeeper kind of guy yeah <laughs> and he sees a, a little light going on so what does he do he rushes out of his little building he goes up he sees a little light on the building which I'm guessing he's looking after yeah big building as well mm, big building as buildings go yeah it's huge it's, it's large it's a building yeah and he uh Walks up the stairs, and as he's walking up the stairs, this slippery snake, which I would go loopy at this point. You go looping? I'll go that... pure looping. <laughs> I've done a werewolf on this. Yeah. But wouldn't you go crazy if you saw a big snake a te- just go uh, past you? Yeah, t- it's like from that foot... film Anaconda. Yeah. It's colossal. A 10-foot constrictor that doesn't actually constrict anyone throughout any of these films. Yeah. Yeah. There's no need. It does other things, doesn't it? <laughs> like it dances yeah. Choke, in Fantastic Beasts. Chokes people and... Uh, That's true. <laughs> chokes people. <laughs> chokes men. But yes, uh, our old man, which is actually called Frank Bryce. Which? Which? It's <laughs> a creature called... <laughs> which? <laughs> uh, he, uh, he hears this little chatting. He hears this in-breath chatting. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, go on. Yeah, like Don't a, call him an in-breath. That's really, really offensive. <gasps> well, to all you in-breath speakers out there that are listening to this, I apologise. I didn't mean to mock the, the way you speak. He doesn't mean to mock anyone that's born in-breath or anything like that. <laughs> that's born in-breath. Um, but yes, and he sees uh, through the doorway, he sees our, our old chum Peter Pettigrew. And this mm. this other guy, the doctor, this other guy... Just hanging out there with a fantastic haircut. You know, yeah. he's got a... Big leather coat as well. Big leather coat. Got a bit of oh. shine on his face, which in my opinion is quite shirky. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but we don't see who the person is actually talking. And, uh, God, my grammar is just completely off today. Oh, that was all right, actually. Was it? We don't see who is actually talking. 
No, you yeah. didn't say that. You, you said, uh, we don't see. <laughs> he is actually talking. Is that what you said? Did I say that? that? Some, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. That's what I heard. Leave it in the Do comments. Do let us know in the comments. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And then suddenly this bright light hits him and bang. Our lead character wakes up. Oh, and he's not doing well. It was definitely a, a bad dream, but he's rather confused oh, yeah. as to the dream. But who cares anyway? Let's walk through a forest because that's what he liked to do. And uh, we then see uh, our Twilight friend, um, Peter Jackson, jumps down. And um, <laughs> I think it meant that. Crikey. Well, oh, guys, here's it going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we see Cedric Diggory. Ah, the digster. The digs. The big D. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who is played by uh, Patterson. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot his first name. Robert, obviously. Ro pa Robert Patterson. Patrick. Robert Unbelievable. Patterson. Unbelievable. He is played by. And uh, yeah, guys, about the casting on this. I, you know, I wasn't too... Love. Well, can I stop you there, Jinx? Because um, I'll tell you now, I'm going to be uh, quite open, but I'm actually, and uh, always have been, a rather large Twilight fan. No! I've heard that before. Have you? Oh, Yeah, I just once have... before. Oh, I must have told you before. Anyway, yeah. um, and kind of, you know, at the worst time when you're in school and you really can't afford to be liking these things, it's just not Do doing Do people know? Any... Um, well... If they came over, they'd see the poster. If they came, that would be... Oh, right. I thought you meant just if you're in school and <laughs> someone came over to you. If they just came go... over, they'd see the tattoo. Yeah, well, it, did, yeah it didn't help that I had the, the backpack and, and the T-shirt. I like so. Twilight, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Team so I actually, Edward. I really liked um, I liked the casting. I think he fit perfectly. Um, did you read the books prior? Stephanie Meyer? Not before. After. Oh, right. Yeah. I was in yeah. the Twilight books. Yeah, yeah, it's all based on a book series. Yeah, yeah. and they're 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 actually um, very good. Well, some people don't like them, but I think they're they're very good. Very good, very good. Well, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have been eight days. <laughs> but no. So what do we do? We take a port key. Now mm. it's an old boot. This is the first time that we see a port key in. What is a port key? Jinx? The Harry po Potter world. What? Sorry, what was that? What is a port key, Jinx? Oh, it. It's a traveling device that oh. takes you from A to B. Wow. In the form of a boot. That in the form strange. of a boot. In, in, in this circumstance, it is a boot that takes them from a forest. Well, a, a more of a hill now. They've come out of the forest. From a hill yeah. to the Quidditch World Cup. <gasps> now, in three films. Okay. <laughs> now, they, 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 see, this is just the thing that happens with harry potter that just slightly gets me why hasn't this been mentioned before yeah i thought that why haven't they used this why don't they use this to get to hogwarts why don't they use this to get anywhere because of tradition what do you mean tra okay explain tradition to me uh not not okay. the meaning of the word <laughs> as in why it's tradition for a port okay key. what on earth does tradition mean <laughs> i would assume that the creation of a port key is quite complex like Dumbledore does it like you know he just says Portis and that's it it's just there yeah but I, I would have thought that it takes proper proper skill to do it and not everyone can can do it so you know if you if you're a squib 
What, are they just going to lay on the, the train for your magical children when you can't actually create the portkey to get them to Hogwarts? No, not going to happen. This is yeah. an unusual situation. The Quidditch World Cup is an unusual situation and they don't have any other choice. So they have to make the portkeys. They could have just yeah, taken the car, think... couldn't they? What, everyone in the world? No, I'm just saying the Weezers have got the a car. Yeah, yeah. What about the people who don't? You never well, think about the people the, who don't have privilege, do you, the, James? The, the portkey <laughs> is like a landmark, isn't it? It's this place that it's been there probably forever you know there's probably not been a time when that porky hasn't been there and so as well, the old said, boot yeah as we said it's probably difficult to make them and you can't necessarily carry them around it seems that they're <laughs> quite... as soon as you touch him you get zoomed off exactly <laughs> you'd always be in the same oh, place. Sorry, i'll just grab them <laughs> see i got a point oh no well you sort of do i don't think it's been there for all of time well, I mean, uh, for a long time. The I thing, imagine. but the, the thing for is that, that I, I do agree with that. How how is this sorted out then? By the by, the ministry. No, I mean, but like, I'm just talking about this boot. Yeah, this boot. This boot's so been cr- sitting there. Yeah, but is, they've it, created these speci- like they come to it at specific times. They've got their slot because uh, in the books, boys, they Arthur's going on about um, oh, we don't want to miss our slot. Oh, we're going to be late for our slot. They leave at like five in the morning. And they, they have to go up to this hill. Like, it's a long way. They're, they're at the Weasley house. It takes them a long time to get there. I mean, they could have taken the car in that instance. I mean, yep. no, in fairness, I think they've the car is completely gone by this point. So that's an irrelevant point. You confused me. Uh, they get ministry cars later on, but the, the, the Ford Anglia has obviously gone wild. Um, and it's, so the ministry have set up these port keys for, them, for the wizarding world to use at mm-hmm. different times. And people go to these places and you get your allotted slot. What is so complicated about <laughs> that? <laughs> of all the gripes, this is the one you picked. It's I know. Mental. I don't know why I've picked up. Like, there's, there's <laughs> magic in this film. There is so much magic that just doesn't make any sense. And for some reason, I've just picked up on a boot that can take you from one place to another. <laughs> then why didn't they I take flu what... powder then? Yeah. Because there's did, no why... fireplaces in the forest. Why did they, uh, they, they choose a boot? That's a bit of a... Because a it's designed to be indistinguishable from the muggle world. Okay, and a muggle sees a boot in the middle of nowhere, they're going to go, what on earth is that doing there? They'll probably be like, oh, it's horrible, and probably covered in... I'm not going to pick it up. <laughs> I'm not a litter bug. I'm going to go and pick it up and... Oh, hold on a minute. I'm in the Quidditch World Cup. What yeah, that's why it's not been there for all of time prior. Hey, listen, I saw it more as a relic like the Stonehenge. A relic like in Age of Empires. Uh, well, Great so, yeah. game. Hey, okay. listen, that brings us into today's sponsor, Age of Empires. <laughs> I'd love to be sponsored by them. I'd love Downloaded to be sponsored by today. Microsoft Games Network yeah. in the 90s. Okay. Well, we've, we've had a good shout about the portkey, which, as everyone knows, is the biggest thing in this film. <laughs> it is. So I'm glad we've spent so much time on that. But they are at the Quidditch World Cup. They have a tent that's bigger on the inside, which is... Oh, uh, can we just talk about oh. this? <laughs> Come on, this... I this always isn't... thought this was funny, though, because I was like, you've got David Tennant that oh, plays yeah. the Doctor, which, you know, the whole point of the TARDIS is Time Lord Science. It's bigger on the inside. Time Lord Science, what a stupid thing. That went on for, like, two episodes, and then we found out, oh, no, it's just bigger on the inside. So I'm, I'm going off on Doctor Who... But you have that there, and then a tent that's bigger on the inside. 
A tent. I mean, yes. See, see, even more. <laughs> okay. A tenant um, and a tent. Obviously, the 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 tent is also in the book. My gripe no, is it's all set this, up. Look, this is a legitimate gripe, all right? This isn't a gripe with the world. This is a gripe with the script and with the performance. Right. I love magic. Do you remember when Daniel Radcliffe says mm-hmm. that when he gets into that tent? Oh my god. Who, for one thing, when we're four films into this franchise, it's suddenly like, oh yeah, I'll tell you what we're going to make our lead character do. He's a really big deal in this world and he's been learning about magic for three whole years at this point. He's going to say the most banal, irritating comment at this... Like, who is that comment for? Who's, is, that, is that going to make us laugh? I no, think, look, I'm still upset about the Porky thing. Obviously, it's coming out in this. <laughs> I think it's just pure fan service, isn't it? It's just a pure it's, nod I to mean, the camera. It's, it's not, not yeah, but I mean, it's, like, it's not in the books. It's a fantasy film. Of course, it's not in the books. The books are well written. It's disgraceful. <laughs> I do agree. It is an I, atrocious. I think it might be the low point of the whole film. I completely agree. Yeah. Oh, thank God. But um, but right, I, as you were, I understand but the why Porky. It's there. That's, that's, no, no, <laughs> I, no. I don't. I don't. I like. There's no excuse for it being there because Come on. it. It's what the Porky. It's fan service, and the annoying thing is, is that. This isn't so. I'll pick up on a couple of times that this happens in this film, actually, and the other films as well. But there are nods to the camera, and this is why I think this film misses being on the same level as Azkaban. Yeah, they don't really do it in Azkaban, do they? No, the bizarre final shot aside. Yeah, Azkaban is purely enveloped in its own story, whereas this, you start seeing nods to the camera, you start seeing a couple of little things. Which does kind of gripe. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. But this above all others, I think in the whole series, this bugs me more. This is like on the level of, um, oh, it's just not Hogwarts without you, Hagrid. Yeah. Oh my God. Nobody talks like that. Nobody talks. But like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But yes, we're at the Quidditch World Cup. They are in the tent there having fun. So let's get to the stadium. We're at the stadium. It's pretty amazing to be fair. You know, beautifully made. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful craftsmanship. It really is. <laughs> Robert Hardy's back. You know, I love Robert Hardy. Is this... I don't understand why you don't like Robert Hardy. I think he's brilliant. I... He's one of my favourite actors. I do and I don't. Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Yeah. yeah. Love him. Love him. He walks, into, in uh, he walks into the Quidditch World Cup and what does he say prior? I came here <laughs> for a game of Quidditch. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic stuff. No, I do. I, I, I do like him. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't get any chance to do anything in this, no. don't judge him on this. No, judge him on all creatures great and small. There you go. From the seventies. Yeah, that was that was a, a hefty reference that just took me <laughs> back there to sitting with my parents when I was about ten, watching TV that was made in the seventies. Yeah, it's great. It's a little slow now. Dad's army, a low, a low, that, Heidi High. I never really got Heidi High. Are you being served? What was the one that had, was the garden one? The Good Life. The Good Life. Yeah. I used to watch all of that. Felicity Kendall. Felicity, oh, she was beautiful in The Good Life. But anyway, (laughs) we are there and we see, um, we see the Malfoys. Yes. Oh, the Malfoys. (laughs) And uh, they're just being their classic selves. Yeah, yeah. You know, Draco's just, you know, going on about his dad getting good tickets and stuff. 
Yeah, this is a funny one actually because in the books it's the opposite way around. The yeah. Weasleys are in the minister's box. Do you remember? Yeah. And um, the Malfoys are further away than them, and they they swap it completely for the film, which I I do think is, I you know it's interesting. It's more interesting in the books because the characters are reversed. This is just the same old trope. Yeah, I think the thing is is that it kind of I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but it just reminded me slightly of the opening to Chamber of Secrets. You know, this first kind of twenty minutes. Where yeah. the Malfoys come in again and are doing um, the same, same old stuff. Thing. Yeah, it's true. I think with this film, like they made the decision early on. The studio wanted to do this film in two, mm. two parts, right? That was what their original idea was because the book was so massive. Yeah. And it was the director, Mike Newell, who was like, ah, oh, I think I can cut out enough of the subplots to do it in one. Such yeah. a shame. Yeah. Such a shame because it would have set such a good precedent. For, well, especially for the ending when Malfoy actually yeah yeah it just gives that, them more time to grow and like but, and to breathe a little bit more so that's that's another gripe that I'm going to bring up oh. later on I preempted it the revealing of um, the followers yeah oh okay well, okay fine well, I suppose the main Death Eaters um, yeah that are brought up the that's ones a, who return that's another gripe that that got me but um, obviously in the books it deals with the the Death Eaters characters more and yeah. the reveal at the end a lot yeah, more. Yeah. There's a lot more dialogue. So there much is. so much more dialogue, which Yeah. Was... I think maybe that was what I was starting to miss a little bit yeah, by this I... point, because there was so much to expect from these books because they were so much yeah. longer and they really, really cut them down. Yeah. Well we, we see um we see the Irish and the Bulgarians. Very in. lovely. And uh, here come the Bulgarians! And um, <laughs> <laughs> the leprechaun is really cool. Oh, it's you know, great. The dancing leprechaun, I think that is really, really cool. All that stuff. And then we have um, <laughs> the Bulgarians come in and we have Crumb. And now yeah. uh, this is another gripe that I'm going to have to bring up. This is another oh, thing God. that they miss. Casting. I thought, I can't remember the actor's name. No, nor can I. That played. I he's, uh, he's not. He's not. Is he an? I mean, I'd say is he an actor? Obviously. Well, no. Th this is the only thing that he did. That is he, it. That he does. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. His name is Stanislav Yanevsky. It's a great yeah. name. And he's he perhaps is... best known for playing Victor Crumb. Yeah, I think he probably, yeah, probably. is best known for that. I'm, in my opinion, he's awful. I and mean, it, I think he's really tough. I think he's the worst actor in this film. Oh, I mean. And this, this is something that, that gets poor me. poor guy. This is something that gets me, though, is that, you know, Azkaban was so perfectly done. Everything. You know, you bring in extra characters, you get Gary Oldman. You do know that there's a scene later on coming up with uh, the dance ball. And um, <laughs> as it's known, there's, there's some certain characters in that which are far worse. As in the twins? Yeah. I don't mind the twins. Really? I really don't mind the twins. I, th I think, you know... But Crumb is they, worse than the twins. But the twins know? actually made me giggle in the film. I was like, huh, that's quite funny. Really? Whereas Crumb, what? every time I looked at him, there was nothing in his face. Well, you sort of like that though, isn't he? He's stern, isn't he? He's stern Strong. and thick. But, but the thing is, is that... How thick? I understand the performance... Don't get started. ...of, you know, if, you, if you're trying to be like that character, when you look at his headmaster... That's, yeah. that's stern. <laughs> what a weird way of saying that. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> I can't. It's because I can't pronounce his second name. Igor Karkaroff. Karkaroff. That's it. But you look at Igor Karkaroff and he's stern. But you look at him and you're like, wow, that character's hiding things. You don't know, but there's something going on. It's fantastic. I want to know. With Crumb, I'm like, I don't care about anything that you are. And you're a champion. You're not really supposed to know about, like, care about Crumb particularly. Yeah, but, you know, like, the three, like, Fleur. I love Fleur. Do you? Yeah, I adore Fleur. It may be because, you know, she comes in again later on in the films. Yeah, yeah, and that's when you get to know her, like, she's the enemy in this film and book. But in in this film, I was just like, it it may be because, you know, he just never comes in again. But I just thought it was terrible. He looked a lot older to me than Hermione yeah he did I know he's meant to be like two he's meant to be like two years older than her yeah he's is he 17 rings a bell so two or three years older 16 17 but it looked a lot older I think that's just his look and just the whole casting just it made me weird but anyway they go back it's a a big gripe big gripe they go they go back to uh, their tent they're they're singing a lovely song about Victor Crumb because do you remember do you remember the score of the, the, the final? Because this is a big thing that was cut out as well. Do you remember the Weasley twins had that big bet with Ludo Bagman? And oh, all that God. was cut out. And they bet that um, Ireland would win, but that Crumb would catch the snitch, mm. which is exactly what happened. It's a yeah. bizarre, bizarre end. I mean, yeah. you know, Quidditch is bizarre. But anyway, that's, but that's bizarre. why they're celebrating yeah. so much. And yeah, so unlikely. That's really not said at all. They, they're just shown celebrating after a Quidditch game and you're like, right, okay. Yeah, cool. Just go along Great. with that. Fantastic. Just, they start singing that dreadful song. Oh, what is oh, it again? Victor, I love you. Victor, Victor I, I do. do. When, when we're apart, apart my, my heart beats only for you. <laughs> and Mental. then you hear the sound of the Death Eaters, which and I'm, I'm just thinking, thank God <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Jesus, anything to shut them up. Thank God those that Death Eaters me. are turning up. And yeah. I want to ask you now, what did you think of Arthur Weasley's lines here? When, don't ask Chris don't ask him I know but on, I, I, this is another moment where I go mm, when he comes in to the tent and tells them what's going on and tells them they need to leave and all this kind of stuff I can't remember the exact lines yeah he, like, he goes right up into their faces yeah. bizarre oh, yeah. on the shot that they're on and uh, he's like wait they tell leave it's like he's seen how people act <laughs> and he's like I'm going to do something like that to be honest I totally agree <laughs> and it's that it's right I did, in their face. And I, and I love the actor, like, but this was... Oh, a point. same. It, he's doing like a... <laughs> in, in my opinion, he's doing like bad, bad panto acting is what it feels like. He's like over-exaggerating everything and uh, it's just unnecessary. Yeah. Unnecessary yeah. amounts of acting going on. Yeah. It doesn't feel natural. No. And you as the viewer are going... This is uncomfortable. Yeah. When's he Please stop, stop doing that? Yeah. It was I, uncomfortable with the song, but I'd rather have the song than this. I, I completely agree. But then the Death Eaters are there. We see them for the first time looking a bit different. Um, yeah, their look changes quite a lot. They're in full like The, the look black that they have Ku Klux in this Klan though, mode. is, is <laughs> more, is more adhering right. to the books though. Yeah. That they well, are. I, I, in my head, I justify it in like, this is the old look of the Death Eaters yeah. before Voldemort like redesigned them for the 21st century you know yeah and he was like nah, it's out with the old come on let's do something new 
Let's do something cool. That's what he was thinking. When he Let's was have lovely that silver evening. masks. That'll be that. Everyone has a different one. <laughs> we need to change how they look. <laughs> Fashion we wrong. <laughs> but yes, so the Death Eaters are there. They're attacking. Um, of course, everybody else gets away other than Harry, of course. Yeah. That's just how, just how it works. That's quite lucky. Then we see uh, David Tennant that is there. We do. It's been uh, about an hour or so since the attack. He's materialised out of nowhere. Yeah. Are you about to tell me it's a port key? I oh, know, that was just because the TARDIS oh, oh, right. dematerialises. Nice. nice. Uh, and then he fires... He fires. <laughs> he I mean, fires the dark mark. That literally is how they describe it. You fire yeah. it into the sky. He fires the dark mark and we see it for the first time. And I remember, first time watching this, honey, I got chills. I thought this was really good. The way yeah. that he says the spell, I remember the the literally the um, Joanne would like this. The line of his arm as he casts the spell is like perfect. Mm, yeah. Do you no, know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. If you picture that in your head, it's like, oh yeah. But he, that is he, a powerful stance. He keeps his arm up, pointing. Yeah. And he just stares. And you, this is how good Tennant is. You see the joy and the pleasure he has of yeah. just watching it. And he does his little tongue lick. Yeah. But he just stares at it just for a little bit. And he's such a brilliant actor. You just get everything. You're like, he has hope. He has joy. You know, this dark pleasure that's, that's almost, you know, getting him off. Okay. Because, but right. they, do, they do have this dark way about them, which is very... Not it's s- very sinister, isn't it? Yeah. It's this really heavy sinister. But that... Tennant does it in such a beautiful way. And then Tennant looks to his left, sees Daniel Radcliffe and goes, what a terrible actor. <laughs> I need to kill that boy. <laughs> it should have been Chris Wakes. He's right. He told me that when I met him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, walks up to Harry a little bit and then suddenly a load of guys from the ministry turn up and they don't even look at what they're firing at. They just all cast their spells. And I, I, I mean, thought again at this, they could I was have like, been no, firing that... at Ron. They do this in the books as well. Like, they so do. You can't blame the Mike way, Newell for this. The way, the way it's done in the books, though, is that... Because the whole storyline put together is that I, I think, okay, the, the ministry isn't being run very well. I mean, true. It's all, it's all very touch and go and stuff like that. And, you know, they're, they're just not great. They're not a great... But they're not ready for, like, any... No. They think Voldemort's gone, so they're like, fine... We're and just going to chill in the and books, have a nice World Cup. In the books, it's done quite well as to the thought of, I think, well, no, of course, they're ju- they just don't expect any of this, so they're going for anything. Yeah. They don't and know then, how Yeah, they're panicking, aren't they? Yeah. Whereas in the film, you don't get any of that. They just suddenly emerge and then... You're like, oh, it's Trigger. No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> they just fire at Harry and I'm like, okay. And he goes, all right, Dave. <laughs> My name's well, Dave. not Dave. <laughs> it's Harry. <laughs> Oh, why does everyone keep calling you Dave then? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Trigger turns up. I know what you're going to say, Weeks, that you're not very happy with this casting. I adore it. I love him as an actor. Wow, it's big stuff. Do you, but but you you don't, do you? I I don't know. I prefer him in this. Um, I I think that he's an old ham in Doctor Who. Oh. Do you remember that when he plays um, the I, Cyberman guy? <laughs> I will create life, no emotion. That nothing. is 
bizarre casting. If, if Russell T. Davis's team were like, I'll tell you what, who would be a really good villain for this? Did you ever see Only Fools and Horses? Yeah, Trigger. And He's Vicar really... of Dibley. And the Vicar of Dibley, yeah. It was that, that perverted old Owen. farmer. Owen from Owen. Vicar of Dibley yeah, would play this part. Him? It'd be great. We'll put him in a wheelchair. Oh, it'll be I, so good. He can shout a bit, wheel himself around. Those, those, two, ham. those two episodes, what, is it The Age of Steel and... Um, yeah, it's the, it's the Cybermen in the parallel world. Yeah. Rise of the Cybermen. Rise of the Cybermen great. The Age of Steel. Tenant is great in that. I adored those episodes. I, yeah. I thought he did a but pretty in good spite of him. No, I mean, come on. Go back and watch them again. <laughs> With I my do. scathing I watch, I watch tone. Them a lot. I think may, maybe it's just because I think it's such an incredible storyline that I'm not Yeah, I think you forgive it. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll watch it, I'll film it and do a commentary <laughs> and I'll point out all <laughs> the things that's the wrong episode. with it. It's a two-parter. Oh, well, for his scenes. Oh, okay. I'm not going to give you the rest of it. Oh, David Tennant's here, he's doing really well. <laughs> Boys, I didn't actually realise this was Trigger when I first watched it. Mm. Oh, had you so, seen any fours? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Because, yeah. No, right. But um, I still He's a chameleon, isn't he, uh, Roger Lloyd Pat? <laughs> no, I didn't put two and two together and it, because I'd never seen him in a role that was so radically different from yeah. anything that I'd seen him in before. Yeah. And I thought he actually played it really well. And I, I was really convinced by his character and his expressions. Again, the horror when all this has just happened and he's talking to Harry and he's kind of like, what did you see? Who was it? And all this, I was genuinely, mm. um, yeah, convinced I, by that. I, yeah. I, I completely agree. Brian. I think his performance, the way that he plays this nervous shaking character that again, I looked at him and thought, okay, so he's got some stuff. I, I hadn't read the book. I read the book after I watched the film, but I was just like, even more in the book, I'm like, Wow. Oh, this yeah. is a fantastic character. It's a fantastic. character that sends his own son to Azkaban. Did Trigger play him in the book as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. He pictures. came on and did the, the voices in the audiobook with Stephen <laughs> yeah. Fry. But the I, only I other say, actor, actually, it's amazing. I, I love him as an actor because I remember watching behind the scenes of Vicar Dibley and they were saying that a lot of the people at the BBC didn't want him uh, in yeah. Vicar Dibley because they thought he'd be remembered as Trigger but then playing Owen a bearded farmer with a West Country accent that was you know perverted and all this and you know messed around with his animals but I thought he was amazing <laughs> good detail in Vicar of Dib. he was uh, no, he was. Uh, look, I absolutely agree look, I really like him as an actor my, ish, my hang up is from Doctor yeah. Who I right. think I do think that he's he's good in this and I, I don't know who like so much so that he is someone who has brought me over to like Barty Crouch Senior is Roger Lloyd Pack in my head. Yeah. And um and yeah, all the stuff in the courtroom and stuff like that. And no, yeah. I think I I I absolutely do buy it from him. Yeah. Um it's just Doctor Who that honestly it's left such a scar. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm like, oh, if I hadn't seen that, I think I'd be convinced of all over. But yeah, Owen yeah. is amazing. Trigger obviously I is amazing. I haven't and this seen is that very Doctor good. Who. So Sorry, Prime. Say that again. I haven't I haven't seen that Doctor Who, so for me. It's, uh, I haven't been tainted yeah. by that brush. Yeah. But, uh, I'll, t- I'll send you the commentary as well. It's fine. Please right. do. Please I do. can't wait for this. Got a lot of time in your hands. I'll do, a, a, I'll do a new YouTube series of me commenting on actors' performances. <laughs> that would be great. God. So all of that goes down. And oh, uh, commentaries with Chris. Oh, that's Chris, what we've been yeah. waiting for. There we are. Fantastic. I'll do pauses, come on the screen and be like, okay, hold it for one second. Wait, Look wait, at wait. what he's doing here. <laughs> Sorry. Say that again. 
You do pauses. I'll pause it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, Hermione, Harry's, you know, talking to everyone, going, what's going on? Why are you all, you know, in yourselves? And uh, Hermione goes, Harry, it's his mark. Terrible performance here. I'm sorry. The eyebrows are going mad. I thought she was great in... Prisoner of Azkaban. What Incredible. has happened? This is the next year. Yeah. What has happened in this year that has the, got those eyebrows going? Again, th- this is where I'm picking up on. You know, we've we've picked up on a lot of stupid points here that we, you know we've dissected quite a bit. <laughs> I do adore this film. I absolutely love it. But the thing is, is that in Prisoner of Azkaban, we did that for three points probably in the whole film. Yeah. Straight away, we're about half an hour into this yeah that's it this is what we said in literally in the last podcast we did iron man 3 we were saying that every harry potter film should be the avengers right yeah like it doesn't it, yeah. it can't be let off the hook no like iron man 3 is not let off the hook even though it's a four dinkler ish from all of yeah. us it that's where it should be this yeah. should be knocking it out of the park every time really, because the source really material is amazing the cast is amazing the budget is amazing come on yeah well there's, there's so much more to work on in this film than there was in the last film yeah yes and like incredible dialogue which is taken out and changed with some stupid stuff <laughs> but anyway that mark's going on and harry just does his typical daniel radcliffe awful actor look and then we see the dark mark and we're like, oh my God, that dark mark is doing a better performance than our lead character. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that tongue. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. And then we're at Hoggy Warts and we are introduced to Mad Eye Moody. Oh, yes. Uh, the fantastic Mad Eye Moody. We see him walking through um, what looks like cliff edges on, it, on, on the way. Oh, to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the way to Hogwarts. We'll, we'll come on to this in a bit, but okay. this is where Hogwarts, the design slightly changes. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a bit. So yes, uh, Mad-Eye Moody, an ex-Aura. Yeah. Which uh, is a very interesting storyline. That's never brought up again really in the film. Well, I mean, it's referenced, I suppose. Like, you never hear about what he got up to. He trained um, Tonks. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. It, it, and obviously he's he's like he's second in command of the Order of the Phoenix. We don't know that yeah. they even exist at this point, but like he's he's an awesomely powerful wizard. That's what they're suggesting. Incredibly powerful wizard. But he's like and past his best. He's a he's not very fast, is he? He's what, mate? Not very fast. Not very fast. No. But yeah. he's yeah, hobbles his way along. But he's skittish as well. Like yeah. he set his bins as fire alarms and stuff like that. Everyone's got a soft spot for him though. Yeah. But um in the classic Albus Dumbledore way. He tries to bring in a new teacher for Defence Against the Dark Arts. And has he buggered up again this year? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Four times in a row. He's, uh, he's gone and picked Mad-Eye Moody, who, you know, we think he's pretty good, but alas, he's not. But wax. good old Dumbledore announces that this year, Hogwarts shall be hosting the Triwizard Tournament. We won't get on to Michael, Michael's performance no, yet because there's a certain that. line. There's a certain line where we have to talk about his performance. But yes, we are then introduced to two other schools. Mm. We are introduced to Durmstrang Institute. Doosh, doosh, doosh. 
And we are introduced to Bobaton Academy or Bobatons, <gasps> plural. Oh, God. They do their they do their little walk-ins. Um, Lovely. Uh, the Bo- Bobatons, I'm like, fair enough. They've got some talented people there. Um, then Dermstrangs, I'm like, all right. They're they're what all about? They're, just they're, f- they're flipping about, aren't they? Yeah, they're awesome. Oh yeah, they do. Oh yeah, and they breathe fire. They're the yeah, Skyrim really lads, aren't they? Yeah. To be fair, actually, I completely take that back. You, you've uh, you've got that there. <laughs> they did. Yeah. So what do the bow patterns do? They just shrug like no. There's like a baller- there's like a ballerina. Oh sorry. There's yeah, a I, ballerina. And, the, and oh, then wow. Fleur flips. Flip and Fleur. Yeah, but not and as badass as they flip. She does a lovely bow. Oh, that's good. Oh yeah, she does. I remember the bow. Don't forget the bell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have uh, three schools. And uh, well, we then uh, get to see the Goblet of Fire, which is brought in by Trigger. Yeah, of course. He, he walks in with it, pops it down, and we, uh, we see it. Dumbledore does some shouting uh, for a while, saying, you know, this is what's happening, blah 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 blah. Just anyway, the, then uh, no, we'll come on to it. We'll come not on to not it. yet. I know, no, I know, I, I know, I know. I'm already bugged by my memory of it. <laughs> but then Trigger actually mentions some lines, which actually has some stuff to do with the plot, and uh, says that you have to be 17 or over to um, put your name in the goblet of fire. Which and everyone goes, oh, what? Yeah, and then we got the two, uh, the Weasley brothers go, that's rubbish, and. Um, you know, it's all More. kicking off and everyone's going More crazy. And BAFTA stuff like winning performances. Oh, yeah. really, I think, really. in fairness, I think they're pretty good in this film. They're better in the last film. For oh, me. do you think so? Yeah. When they're showing the Marauders map, I'm like, I love these two. Oh yeah, that is good. Yeah. They, they have their ups and downs, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But, but at, the, at the end of the solid day, you always love them. Yeah, you yeah. do, you do, you do. But then, um, we are, <laughs> we are, then shown into this uh, this room where the goblet is being held, and uh, people pop in your, their names. Oh, and th- yeah. This is this is a good moment of the twins, actually. Yeah, this is a nice I, moment. I, I do like when they come in and they've created the potion that the aging potion, which they believe will let them put. I don't know why though. Like if they put well, the- they put their names in, and then the day after, when their names are picked out, everyone's gonna be like. We know how old you are. <laughs> yeah, Obviously. That is right. Like you've got Why passports and birth certificates. Yeah, of course you are. You're at this school. We've got everything. We've got Although, all the identification. Don't forget that the Goblet of Fire represents a binding magical contract. <laughs> so, it does. Once you're picked, you can't be unpicked. It's true. That's very true. Like a scam. But why would they want to? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a feat of absolute, that the highest, the best um, wizards of all time yeah. win the, the trial. You, you said Cup. some big words. The feat of the highest, the best. No, the wiz- I was, th- was going to say something worse than that. I was thinking, what can I say that's going to really show how amazing this prize is? And I was going, the fits feet. And I was going to say, <laughs> mages, wait, they're not mages, wizards, <laughs> uh, uh, witches. Oh, Generals. Sorry. Yeah. Colonels. That'd be very good. <laughs> But yes, they, uh, they, they put their names in the uh, Goblet of Fire and everyone's like, ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. and they have a good ooh. laugh. And then when <sighs> Victor walks up in complete silence 
and does this terrible look at Hermione. The look he isn't good. In. It's Come, creepy stuff. You have to agree with me here. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, poor. Really but this is direction. And this is also like editing. If, you, if I was an editor watching, True. putting this film together, I'd just be like, get rid of that. Yeah, I don't see this as poor acting. I don't think it's down to the acting. Yeah. It is poor writing. What's the instruction there? It's like, oh, stare at this poor girl and make her feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I bet you they said something like, we want you to look at her, but like, you know what I mean? Really look at her. <laughs> but with a weird sort of like, half smile. Yeah. And then you've got to remember that in real life, he is probably a lot older than she is. Can you imagine how tough that is? Yeah. Yeah. And you're working with Warner and this huge company that are just, you know, you do, you're not even a really, uh, a, well, you're definitely not a seasoned actor, mm. not really much of an actor at all before this. So you think it's the old George Lucas like, argument? Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 No, I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I don't think but... she liked me watching her. No, Victor, <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> definitely yeah. not. It is just. An awful performance, in my opinion. But oh, gotcha. I, I do, I do agree that editing was terrible on that. Yeah, moment. it's just a poor choice. Get rid yeah. of it. Anyway, we then turn to uh, a, a scene later where the uh, the champions get picked. Oh yeah, and we we of course Fleur gets picked. Surprise! Victor get Victor gets picked. Surprise! And that is uh, one big coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Cedric oh, then gets picked. This new character that we've never met before. Wow. He's so he's charming in this scene, don't you think? He has that oh, little, he sort of half embarrassed charming. smile. Yeah. And everyone's congratulating him. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. him. He's humble. I, I won't lie. He he, he did do a lovely performance here. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't I say anything. Him. I liked him getting up from his chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny it's though, nice. but I I really do like the way that he does it. <laughs> And the uh, and the award for the best actor getting up off the chair goes to Robert Patterson. Peter Patterson. <laughs> Peter. Prior only likes him because he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, true. Oh, he's true. a Hufflepuff, but he's a And also, this is the first time we uh, we actually get to know a Hufflepuff character in yeah. the films. It's true. No, it's very true. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just very very nice. Like me, really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. 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 Chris, I didn't really hear much of an agreement. Yeah, oh, no, I'll absolutely. Imagine. Yeah, there we are. But yes, and then... He's better looking, though. And then he... Oh, okay. Should we... Um, okay, let's just... let's carry on, though, because we're getting to okay. a big point right now. Oh, go on, then. Right. Harry Potter's name jumps out of the fire. What? Yeah, I know. Jumps out of that goblet. And then, he's, he's not 17. I know, man, I know. Well, you, you see what goes down now. And they all know. I, I tell you, he looked... Uh, he's quite famous. Dumbledore looks at the piece of paper. Well, first of all, of course, he gets blinded by it, and the blinded acting is yeah. excellent. Do you remember? He goes, oh, it's oh. good. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it actually reminded me of, like, when a, a bee comes in, and you're trying to like, get rid of it. And it's like, <laughs> crikey. But he... Uh, he does so I like the first second of his performance I enjoy yes so do he, I what, the he little... looks at it and goes Harry Potter and yeah. that little whisper I remember thinking that's good that yeah and then suddenly from Seconds 0 to 60 la- this kind of Lamborghini of a performance but not look just you know speed just Harry Potter Harry Potter and I remember thinking Jesus yeah he could have got away with this though <laughs> In it, like if 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 the following scene, infamous as it is, was different, I think he'd have got away with this because this could yeah. be 
Dumbledore realising that he's been hoodwinked in some way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he's angry yes. with himself. So, something's actually happening here. But instead, <laughs> I mean, this scene pretty much ends now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, it. Uh, Harry, Harry walks into the corner to go down to the, the champion. This is room. the contrast. His yeah. walk versus Robert Pattinson's. Yeah, he, he goes and he's just looking around at everyone. And uh, like, to be fair, the editing again on this moment, everyone's yeah, in silence. Just come on. Everyone's in silence, just staring at him, but not good staring, not good acting staring where you can read them. You can't read, you're not really reading confusion off them. You're reading, you've been directed to stare at this character. That's what I read yeah. when I look at this. I don't yeah. read each character or anything like that. Other than Moody. Oh yeah. I Moody mean, I, I read. I, but like, and I don't and, even and know Snape this character. Well. Never, yeah, Snape a little bit. Of yeah. Course, look, whenever Alan Rickman is on st on on stage on screen, on st he's <laughs> he's in the world. You know. Yeah. Like, do you remember when the goblet burns again, and Snape sort of peers up to it? I always remember that. That's a great look. Yeah. But yeah. the kids, As right? The kids are no. Yeah. Aside from those two, and even McGonagall, I won't lie. She has the same sort of bafflement. Dead. Yeah. Dead. Dumbfounded look. Where I just can't read it. Yeah. And Dumbledore is like threatening. Oh, Jesus. It's like, <laughs> it's like it, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. And this is what, again, gripes me about this film is that there is just a lot of things that are lost. And there are, there's a lot of time. Again, it could be editing. But there's a lot of time forced onto moments which don't need time. Do you I know mean, what I mean, though? Like yeah, that yeah. stare doesn't need to be there. No, we that, all, that yeah. we're all in the, the same position. We, we understand the rules of everything that's going on right now. You don't need to waste 15 seconds showing that all everyone's it, confused doing, when the audience is already confused anyway. All it's doing is making the audience feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's a running theme, it seems. This kind of thing where they're going, you're sitting in the cinema watching it and you're going, <sighs> yeah. yeah. Is it going to end? And I don't, gonna... I don't mind uncomfortability because you want to read it from Harry's perspective. Uncomfortability. Well done, Frank. Yeah, well done. Love that one. Pick that one up. Sorry. But I don't Sorry. mind that showing because obviously, you know, it's showing Harry a little bit that he is uncomfortable in this moment. He has no idea what's going on. This is completely new. But at the same time, have they not learned? This is the fourth year. Of course, something's going to go down. Of course it is. It's how the world works. But, you know, even that, like... You want to understand how Harry is, but why are you throwing in 15 seconds worth of that moment? Why? There is no need for that. We understand. And the next scene should show it. You've got lines. You've got lines from the book which could show it in a second. But instead, they just show staring. But then I mean, we, go, we go into the, the champion's room. Yeah. Love, lots of lovely pieces in here and it is david beautiful. dickinson would have a field yeah. day in here <laughs> it's this beautiful kind of you know clockworkish victorian-esque lovely cool room and uh the other champions are there and they all turn around and they and you know what fair enough i actually believe all three of these characters at this moment they look at him and they stare for about a second yeah of confusion and i'm like i'm with you i'm with you three and then suddenly it's like they've just heard that Harry is threatened to burn down the school and kill all the younglings. 
They Artistic Dumbledore charges man. in, grabs him by the throat, and says, "Did you put the name in the? Did you put your name in the goblet fire?" <laughs> Repeats it again, even louder, screaming at him because, of course, Harry's thinking of other stuff right now. He's not thinking of the situation he's in; he's thinking about the release of the PlayStation One. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand this performance at all. I don't want to go too heavy into it, but I don't understand I Michael's performance. Are. Go on, pray. Um, you said we sorry, already, and then you stopped. Oh no, I said I said uh, I think we already are. You said I don't want to go too heavy into this, but we already are. Well, that was I, it. Was about the editing before. <laughs> I I know I know I'm going to go ahead, but I know obviously Weeks has opinions on this moment as well. I, yes, you I'm have your opinion, opinion on our dear Michael. Uh, yeah, so, I mean it's shocking. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's and I've thought about this more and more since since he took over the part and we did the Prisoner of Azkaban podcast, which was a few weeks ago, obviously, because of how we record these and the conversations that I've had since and the thoughts that I've had since. And like just because it, it pops up on my Facebook feed and Instagram and all that, because it's uh, what I'm interested in. And every yeah. time it's just bugged me a little bit more every time. And it's oh, it's it's. It's inexcusably poor, right? Yeah. And the big example is, like, they've come into this beautifully designed room. Um, like, the design, the props, the camera work, um, like, everything technically is wonderful. And then, at the top of the mountain, the mountain is beautiful, the top of the mountain, Gambon shits down it. <laughs> and look, I'm sorry, but he does. I swear. Because he There's just doesn't swear. give a damn. He's just turned up and the quote is, I'm just trying to do what Richard did. I mean, yeah. so his his objective in the outset was to copy Richard Harris. But which, when did that even happen? It never, ever happens. Okay, Didn't read okay. the books. I, it's, I do want to ask. Go though, on, mate. Um, do we think it's direction or Gambon? Gambon. I think... A 100%. I, I think he's a... But you've got to realise he's a, a, a well-established actor. Oh yeah. Well, I was this is the opposite to the bit. Lucas effect. Yeah, he's not a yes man. But we, yeah, and I would also add that he is seen in these films and in everything else he's done as a fantastic actor. Yeah. So we have to kind of bear that in mind and think: Is it Gambon? And it might be Gambon. It might. Mm. It could very well be Gambon. Or is it direction? Is there a director saying, "Listen, we know that the books have this, and they say it like that," and he would say, "Try and I'm make ready. it." Yeah, he would. He would. You're right. You've you've trumped. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I think if so, the thing with that is, I would say, someone if if you are an actor taking care with the part who's done their research, if the director says to you, "I want you to do it like this," then you would say, "I shouldn't." Really, even if you say it in the most gentle way possible, you'd be like, yeah. "It doesn't really fit with the character because of this, because of this, because of this," and you have the conversation with them. And I don't think a director is going to. In this instance, if Michael Gambon has that conversation with the director, the director's not going to be like, sorry, Gambon, do it the way I told you. Yeah. Knight of the realm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we've, at the end of the day, the yeah. buck stops with Gambon in this. Yeah. We've all yeah. had conversations with um, directors before where we've all had our own, when you're playing a certain part, you always have your own personal opinion on how that character's going to say those lines because you are in that world. The director, yes, is seeing it from an out side point of view but you are in that world so you know exactly how your character would say it yeah and if he seriously yeah. thought that that's how 
Dumbledore in the books, that character would say it. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, like he, in my experience, I've only had one experience with a director and uh, I didn't want to wear a tight spangly outfit. And they said, put on the outfit. And I went, all right. Look, you should have shown them your blue tick, mate. Yeah, should have done. You were the Michael Gambon no, in that situation. I was, I was the Michael Gambon of this Richie Valens world, and I did exactly what I was told. And but I don't think I agree. I don't think Gambon. I don't think they would have had that conversation with him. They wouldn't have had that. Hey, you should do it like this, and then he goes, "No, oh no, mm. no, definitely not." I think, um, yeah, it must have been Gambon. Yeah. yeah, even if even if it wasn't if it if it ended up not being his decision, I I my or, personal or opinion is it's it's his responsibility. Yeah, you don't yeah. have respect for him as an actor then for doing and going along with that choice when yeah. the choice didn't make any sense, especially yeah, I, in that lost, final edit. I lost all respect for myself almost immediately <laughs> in my role. Yeah. yeah, that really came across. <laughs> but anyway, boys, let's move on because we've got to get to our first task now. Come on now, we're uh, Hagrid um, takes uh, he takes Harry into the woods and oh, pretty much gives him a gives him a hint that dragons is the first um, the first task dragons and stuff. Obviously, in the books, there's so much more to this moment. It's lovely. You get to find out about Harry's uh, cousin um, uh, and stuff. You do, don't you? Harry, Harry's no, Ron, cousin, Ron's cousin. What am I, I mean, Ron's, Ron's, Ron's brother. brother. Uh, Ron's brother, yeah. Harry's cousin to Ron's brother. Ron's, uh, tell you what. Woo! But anyway. He's yeah, still angry about Gambon. It's, uh, it's uh, dragons that are the first task. I, I, I just want to go to this first task because this is where the film really lifts up. Yeah. And gets really, really And we need some positivity. Good. Yeah. So there we are in our first task. We're in the tent. And uh, this is... I, I, I know I keep calling him Trigger, but... <laughs> I loved his performance here when he has... This has got one of my favourite lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I know exactly which one you're going to say. When they're all there, uh, they all pick their dragons. And then what does he say, Wait. Well, um, it's it, Harry Daniel Radcliffe does that thing that all people do. And he whispers to himself the information that's crucial to the plot. And Classic. And he says, uh, only one... Trigger says, only one left. And he says, the horn tail. What's that, boy? Yeah. I love that. I, like, yeah. If you orchestrated that and had that notated, it would be all the same note, bum, 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 all staccato, bum, bum, yeah. bum, all on the same note. What's that, he's boy? Al- he's almost <laughs> playing it in this scene like he's on stage. I sp- he's yeah. so what? He's so big with everything you know he's doing. I love, you know what I love about Eight Days a Geek is that we always find a way of bringing notation <laughs> and music into the lines that people say. We've had Haldir already. That's Haldir. a highlight for me. <laughs> Uh, and it's Chris <laughs> that is the musical phenomenon behind Eight Days a Geek. There you go. He brings this notation to the lines, and it's great. I'll do that. But I'll notate all of the all of these things and put them on. It's a I new YouTube series for me. That's a lovely thing, though, of us being. We are massive film lovers, but obviously we're massive, massive uh, music lovers as well. And we are uh, massive. Yeah, we just can't speak. But um, you know, we sometimes it's, it's great to compare. And see those kind of things because we do hear things differently to yeah. how do you regular normal. people <laughs> <laughs> do you normal people out there? Peasants. But um, 
we you know we do and sometimes you can just pick up on little moments like later on my boy yeah gets me that's, that's how i remember i remember all these quotes very very musically and yeah you know it's the intervals of yeah. all all the different notes that come round, and i'm always like you always like it's the same with Star Wars as well. Like Revenge of the Sith. I, we didn't bring it up on the last one, but I always remember a lot of Obi-Wan's lines through the intervals and stuff like that. Like, hello there. There you go. It just works. But we are, All I'm we are there. All I'm thinking is that there's, uh, there's money to be made in a musical right now. And I think this could work. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris has got the score. He's done it already. Yeah. So I'll write good. the script. Yeah, Pri- my boy, you can, uh, that, that's going to be the... Part, He'll be the yeah. lead actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Chris, you didn't really sound. Uh, I just—I've been waiting for this for, you know. Oh, I see. You wanted to be Harry. Twenty-three oh, years. Well. No, no, no. I think Pry's got this. Yeah, I think I, you know, just you know, I don't know. Bring that, you know, that youngness. You know. Oh, I mean, we'll put you uh, back in spandex. Oh, see. He's done that. that brings me back to this scene beautifully because I think the Great. costumes that they have <laughs> for the first task. Do you remember like yeah. the pajamas that Harry's yeah. wearing? They're really good. I really like it. Yeah, and and obviously they they show all the different um they show the different houses between Harry and um Thedwick. Yeah, um, but then Fleur's little silver number. Hello. Ooh. I'm a big fan of that, and obviously that goes through each task as well. That's right. Silver. You love that, don't you? Was was that me? <laughs> she said, you said it in a weird way. She's 14 like, years old, for God's sake. Like, yeah. Fleur, is it? Oh, no, of course she's 17. Saying. Fleur's 17. Sorry, I'm thinking of the um, our, our leading golden trio. Of course she is. You Still, are, she's 17 years old, for God's sake. <laughs> but a silver little number is just, you know, it's tough Yeah, to it's work inappropriate. Yeah. You know what? Fair enough. I shall take that one back. But yes, the, the first task, we hear... Uh, the three other champions take on their dragons, and uh, we don't really know how they've done. And then uh, I quite like Harry's the, turn. Just hear it. I like that. I think yeah. that's a good. That's a cool choice for a blockbuster film to make. Do you want to talk about Rita Skeeter? Miranda Richardson, lovely actress. Lovely actress, and I, I, I think she's really good. I ain't got no. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, 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 I enjoyed char- it. I know some people don't like her. Yeah, I don't. I know the, the character. I can't stand the character. Yeah, just absolutely annoys me and grinds my gears. But that's what she's meant to do. Yeah. So, but she's a. I think she, she's a very musical actress. Um, yeah. Miranda Richardson, like the way that she, she's a bit like Alan Rickman. You know, like she she flows her way through the scene, and she's like she's a master. Of of like timing and stuff like that. So you, the one that really leaps to mind is when they're in the cupboard and she goes concerned. Do you remember that line? Like yeah. that when she says that that that's like sums it up perfectly. She's like a mm. like a cat playing with a mouse. Like that's always the feeling that I get when I see her on on the is screen it? in this. Yeah, like she's a master. To be honest, all right. Yeah, that's just me though, I think isn't that's it? That's portrayed. That- <laughs> That's portrayed in her character as well, actually, because she's quite literally um, almost like playing with... Uh, this is going to sound awful. Don't take this in any other... Oh, way. don't you she's start, quite, Pry. Go on. She's quite literally playing with Harry in this... He's 14 years old. What is wrong oh. with both of you? He's saying some cat and mouse stuff. You're saying playing with this 14-year-old cat boy. Cat and mouse is part of the animal kingdom. 
I apologize to everyone listening. I, I, re- I don't know what is going on with the metaphors that are coming out today. I went to the zoo yesterday. Yeah. That's what. <laughs> Fair enough. Prior, what have you done? <laughs> that connects with your cool. metaphor. <laughs> um, Chris took me to the zoo. So Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, carry on. That is inaccurate. No, it's not. Are you talking about an argument that's going on? <laughs> but yes, so we got our f- we've got our first task. Harry's um, task is to collect a golden egg, which the dragon is uh, meant to be looking after. Guarding, <laughs> Guarding that's the word. <laughs> You're meant to be looking after this, aren't you? <laughs> Chris, Chris is gone. Chris is gone. <laughs> Did you know? I knew I was going there. I knew I was going. There's a slight second where I was like, I haven't got this, boys. <laughs> Briar, you were there with me. You were there with I was me. There. Weeks I just, just, it just absolutely dismounted him from his horse, and he's gone. Um, but yeah, the dragon is meant to be guarding this egg, this golden egg, and and all you're allowed is a wand, a wand in this little uh, little small stadium that we. <laughs> Listen, we can't carry on. We we're missing one of our it's members. It's fine. We, we have to carry on. <laughs> it's fine. I'll be back. And uh, Harry realizes if he if he does a uh, Accio Firebolt, it can get it. It can get his broom in, um, oh, which uh, which seems to help him. Um, and uh, this is well, fantastic Matt chase scene when yeah. the dragon, the dragon's chain is broken, and uh, I think this is be- I think it's beautifully scored. Yes, beautifully Hello. filmed. To serve, <laughs> Hello, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think this is beautifully scored and beautifully filmed. All of this and Harry's performance, <laughs> Harry's performance, Daniel's performance here, is um, actually fantastic. Um, this whole little segment of. Um, the chase where they uh, they're going all around Hogwarts they're going all through the bridges and stuff like that and then they're on top of one of the spires and <laughs> gone again <laughs> what is that made you go I remembered <laughs> oh, <for God's... laughs> goodness I'm trying to I'm trying to keep this going I'm so I, I apologise <laughs> to everyone out there I know you're really enthralled in what's going on right now. And uh, I, I wouldn't worry about it. No, you are right. This sequence is this is one Go of on, the weeks you take, sorry, you take this. Sorry, lads, I'm fine. This sequence it <laughs> this sequence is one of the best. <laughs> Give it up, mate. Hang on, let me have a glug. Here we go. He's just having a little drink now, just to oh, Did you glug it? That's better. Just a little sip. But did you glug it? No, I, I just sipped it. Um, oh. Yeah, Jenks, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Oh, no. This sequence is... <laughs> right, Pryor, I'm going to have to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you, Pryor. Weeks needs a right. couple of minutes. Yeah. This, is scraping the, this is scraping the bottom of the barrel, isn't it? Pryor, we're giving it to you. Oh, well, you see Harry on his broomstick. He's with the dragon. This is great scenes right here. He's sliding down rooftops. It's mental. He, oh, I mean, there's tiles going everywhere. We also get to see the firebolt in action. Oh, I thought you were going to carry on then, because uh, no. I had nothing. What about the stirrups on the fireball? I, I, yeah, I, I love lovely. them. Uh, Briar, are you breathing into your mic? 
Yeah, a little bit. Just uh, want to kind of, you know, feel close to you guys. That's but, really um, weird. Um, yeah, I've, I've really uh, dig the stirrups. Obviously, this is this is the upgrade. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the broom world. This is the top, and, top uh, of the tree. This is what Crumb's got as well. Yeah. And it's actually proved to be the bane of this scene. Tom it? Hardy, you say? Yeah. Well, th- actually, no, it's not. It's actually the saviour. Yeah, absolutely. In, in this well, I, I, I adore like Harry hanging off um, one of the spies and watching... I think it's Gryffindor Tower that he's hanging off, isn't it? Yeah. But the, how they did the dragon, this is perfect how they did the dragon. I wish more films would do dragons like this. Okay, calm down. But the CGI is fantastic. Yeah. Just him, the slates falling off as the dragon's like climbing around to try and get at Harry. Fantastic. Yeah. And that, this is exactly the same in the last film. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. And then that beautiful moment and I don't know if you, if you guys um, love this as much as I do, but when you go back to the stadium, they're all wondering what's oh, going on, yes. where Harry is, if he's survived. And then you hear this, and you hear his broom come over, and then you see him, and then suddenly this cheer, and then it's straight cut scene into the Gryffindor common room. Yeah, I thought this was brilliant. Let's be honest, this whole sequence like rescues the film at this point. Yeah. Because it's been middling at best middling at this mm. up to this point, but this sequence is out of this world. I mean, it's 2005, remember, like when we saw yeah. um Smaug in The Desolation of Smaug, the Hobbit sequel in 2012, I think. Um yeah. significantly later on the dragon was I don't think the dra- like the dragon has to do more in that film, but it's no better than this one. No, like this is tip top stuff. It is apart from his voice by Cumberbatch. Yeah, true. No, is... this one, the voice actor isn't very good at all. He's just making noise, waste of time. Rubbish. Wouldn't have paid. It was probably a fiver gig. Um, probably, yeah. but oh, it's it's yeah. This is absolutely awesome, Jenks. You're... Yeah, and the choice to cut back is is cool because it highlights the egg. It's so important. Yeah, um, I, I think this is beautifully done. Yeah, all of this, and from now on, actually, for me, the film. It just picks up everywhere. Yeah, it so really now we go off. to we go to the Yule Ball. Um, we have a lovely little rehearsal moment, and I oh, thought yeah. everything everything in this rehearsal is beautifully it's great. done. Lovely addition, apart from uh, yeah. apart from Ron's outfit, of course. But I, I, I mean, all of those moments though, it's just okay. Now we're actually getting some dialogue between the characters. We're actually, you know, doing something here. Whereas before this, if you think about it. The three of them hadn't really had many moments fully together. Well, Ron has been like uh, on team doubting Harry for all the, until after the first task, of course. Yeah. So, and then he's like, yeah, "Oh, you have to be mad to put your name in that gobbler." Well, obviously, I mean, we haven't yeah. seen much we, about that, but yeah, we didn't mention that a lot of Hogwarts is. Um, well, it's a continuation of that stare, isn't it? Um, yeah. from the very start. But it's all the Potter Stinks um, badges, yeah. Diggory for Hogwarts champion, Diggory Cedric Diggory's the real Hogwarts to whatever it says, some yeah. complicated sentence. But all all that, all that is is actually a lot better. Yeah. A lot better than that 15 second. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it, there's there's actual like happening. stuff happening and character stuff happening. So the Yule Ball happens. We see uh, Ron and Harry take... Um, Pavati and Padma, Patil. Uh, that's it, Patil, yeah. The Patil twins. And, uh, 
Harry obviously wants to take Cho Chang. Yes. Scottish Cho Chang. Scottish Cho Chang. That was a real... I dug it. I, I had no objection. It's a beautiful accent yeah. anyway, so that always helps. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. It is. It's, it's, it's a, a soft Scottish. It's an Aberdeen. You know? Yeah. It's not a, not a Glaswegian or anything like that. It's really soft and really gentle and really nice to yeah. listen to. She's, no, she's a, um, like she plays it really sweetly, which I think is really nice. Yeah. It's, I th- yeah. We'll talk about this in, um, when we talk about it in the next film. Um, yeah. That she gets treated pretty poorly by the films in the end. Well, she does. She's, uh, especially in Order of the Phoenix, yeah. it's not really it's not mentioned. how it follows the, the books. that she gets. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it, she's, her whole storyline isn't, so we must remember to talk about that then. Yeah. She has a very tragic storyline yeah which is inaccurate why, to the books yeah it's why she isn't really brought up later on yeah in the films all the books re- well yeah a little bit more in the books yeah. but yeah it's very tragic what happens to cho chang but um yeah so they, they all have their partners and hermione is with victor they have a little dance there's warwick davis oh lovely um being carried around it's fantastic it's fun Everyone's having a laugh. Harry uh, leaves and he hears a little chat going on between Igor and Shavrosh Schnoob. And this is when we start to... We, the pieces are starting to be put together. We're getting clues as to what's going on here. So, you know, the Death Eater uh, name is mentioned. The sign on... The, the ta- dark mark. The dark mark on the uh, forearm is shown. Um... And then just after this, we are then, what's the name of it? I just had the name. The, is it Pensive? The Pensive, yeah. The Pensive is then shown to us. And this is, um, yeah, this is just before the second task, is it? It's just after the second task. Yeah. Well, we find out that Igor Karkaroff was a Death Eater. And... Uh, brought up Snape's name as a Death Eater. And then you then hear some lovely dialogue, which, you know, uh, moves the characters even more that Dumbledore defending um, Snape. Yeah. You find out that Snape actually helped the Ministry and Dumbledore um, with uh, finding Voldemort. Always supporters. Uh, But yeah, but bringing him down. Yeah, bringing him down, which is uh, a lovely, fantastic moment. But now we move to... The second task, yeah. and Harry has no clue what is going on with this egg. You know, is he meant to try and understand what's in the egg? He has no idea until Cedric walks up and says some. What's his name? <laughs> C- God, I knew. Cedric. The, what did I celery. say? Cedric. Oh, you saw Cedric, Cedric. you are. <laughs> but Cedric walks up. Celery Diggory. <laughs> <laughs> he walks up and says some. <coughs> this was another moment that annoyed me. I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to say oh, it. Oh, God. I don't know why he spoke in bloody riddles and why he didn't just say, look, put your egg underwater and listen to it underwater and it will tell you well, what the next task is. In fairness, yeah, because Harry not... did say, it's dragons. That was literally it. <laughs> Told him. I thought, I thought that, yeah, but the idea is that you're not meant to help other people and Harry doing that was being a novice and foolish and Cedric I thought was meant to be being a bit more cryptic because he 
wanted to play by the rules, didn't he? But he also knew that he owed Harry a one. Classic Hufflepuff. Do you know what? Fair See? play, Pryor. You've actually nice. smashed that out of the park. Yeah, I have good stuff. Bro, to come well back then. on that. Thank you, boys. I feel really like I've contributed one thing to this podcast. That's good. That's good. Yeah. But then uh, Harry gets in the bath. Lovely bath. And... <gasps> a beautiful oh. bath. <sighs> you bath. would love that, Jenks. I. <laughs> I dine that bath. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Well, funny you mentioned that actually, because um, uh, that's a nice segue. We meet someone that we uh, we've seen before, don't we? We meet Moaning Myrtle again, and she's uh, having a moan as usual, no. oh, and then classic. gets a bit close. It, it, yeah. Weird stuff. Fourteen-year-old boy. Fourteen-year-old yeah. boy. And you think about the age of Moaning Myrtle in this. She's uh, been dead for a while, but... Um, oh, yeah. Dan's in decent shape in this scene, though, don't you think? I don't... Chris, why really would I just... Around? Look, the things that I see, I can't explain. And okay. shouldn't explain. Um, unless you're in exactly. court. Yeah, in I, f- and case. I feel like you're going to have to explain it there. <laughs> look, fine. When the time comes, I'll explain. But trust me. He's he's done all right here. I remember thinking that at the time. You're still talking about it, which yeah. Um, yeah, surprises me. I would have left it. Yeah, just, yeah, I'm same. just trying to make you boys understand. <laughs> that, you know, he's he's looking good. Still he's, going. He's put the work in. He knew he was going to do a topless. Yeah. Scene. All right. Okay. Right. Still so Moni Myrtle, thought, she's getting a bit close. <laughs> she's getting a bit too close for comfort, which um. I get uncomfortable with watching. Same, same. And um, Chris liked it. <laughs> Good God. You know, people listen to this. This is out. Do they? For anyone to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top class work. All right then. Okay. <laughs> so uh, he puts his uh, his head under his head under water and listens to the egg, and he hears. We don't know nothing of can't really sing underwater can they let's be honest no not really they're quite flat again this is where our, our musical knowledge um gives us a another a superhero's insight into this yeah bit flat, and, bit, uh, flat. bit flat but i would consider it more a super villain's insight in this case because it's dreadful and it's not very helpful it's not a it's like a spidey sense, isn't it? You know something's wrong. Something's wrong. There you go. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. Can't fault him. With that. that with that. Thanks, lads. So Is then that we... the second thing that I've contributed? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's not quite as good as the first one. No. Okay. We go to uh, task number two and he realises, oh, oh God. Yeah. So if it's going to be done underwater, well, how am I going to breathe? Oh. How am I going to breathe underwater, right? And him and uh, Homogony... Are uh, are uh, just um, oh, a little <laughs> mahogany. <laughs> Is that another one that's got? That's great. Um, him and mahogany are having read through books and stuff like that. And uh, good old Bucktooth is next to them, and he's very Bucktoothy in this. Oh, he really is. Do you know what I mean? Oh, though yeah. this is probably the worst he gets, Bucktooth wise. Yeah, yeah. It's probably Classic. Lowest of the low. Oh, it's tough. And I forgot the character's name because it's all Longbottom, obviously. Neville Longbottom. <laughs> and uh, oh, Buckbeak. Neville comes out and says, Look, mate, why don't you take some weed? 
Oh. And Harry, for some reason, thinks, oh, what? You mean like the stuff that's going to help me breathe underwater? And um, Bucktooth goes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kind of Bucktooth. that kind of stuff. That's the stuff you should take. <laughs> not, not what um, I've got a bag of <laughs> that you should have. <laughs> but then, yes, Neville gives uh, him the idea of gillyweed. And uh, we then are there at task number two, which is quite cool. We're on the lake. Um, I love the little jetties. Oh, lovely. That are made up. It's really awesome. <laughs> oh, it's <just> made up. <laughs> they threw it together. They had a, they had a spin. Oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's all set up. They all jump in the water and... Uh, all at once. The, th- the three of them the three of them go off. Of course, Harry has to have a bit of drama and he starts drowning underwater. He's just like that, isn't he? <laughs> he is. And then suddenly he gets these gills and what does he do? Instead of going well, down to actually gills. get on with this. He gets his gills, you know, underwater. He gets all these gills. But he gets, but he starts getting uh, gills and all this and, you know, his feet turn into flippers. And um, and uh, instead of going down and getting on with his task, he thinks, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show off a yeah. little bit. Oh, it is a flip. Disgraceful. And I and he, I did love says, uh, uh, Longbottom's little uh, moment here when he's like, I killed Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, that's a nice moment. I thought that that's a lovely little line. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's yeah, because obviously it's not Neville in the books. That, that yeah. moment sort of rescued that decision for me. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. Dobby would never say that. So cool. Yeah. Like that was quite cool. And then we are underwater and we're, uh, we're following Harry going underwater. It's rather cool. We're going in the, the lake and uh, we're seeing some fantastic, fantastic things. And uh, we then start seeing these uh, little, little shadows. Yeah. Bow, 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 down, down, down. And there they are. There's Cliff just singing underneath. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, probably, oh, if it's the yeah, shadows. Same. Not singing. Well, it's it's Cliff Richard and the Shadows, isn't it? No. But yeah, it famously don't sing. Yeah, I know, but Cliff was also... It was Cliff and the... Super... I ain't yeah. got nothing. <laughs> it's a super villain but, um, sense there from Brian. Y- we, start, we start seeing um, these uh, these mermaids. Or merpeople, please. Kind of people. sorry, sorry. And we start hearing the singing in, in the distance. <laughs> and then Harry, <laughs> Harry then sees uh, the three um, students that they have to save, or three people, I suppose you can call them. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, they are people. <laughs> and uh, his person that he has to save is Ron. And uh, he then starts seeing the other ones. They've all got um, different... Ways of breathing underwater, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Victor is a shark. He's come for Hermione, um, though. He has come for Hermione, but so he saves Hermione. They go up underwater, and now this was before people used to, um, you know, stop. You could, you didn't have really DVDs back in these days. They weren't as big. It was still on VHS Life, and I were DVDs many a time. For this, yeah, but it was it wasn't. I think DVD did come out for this, but like it wasn't big, big DVD life. So I think I, I think this uh, film late. literally has the record for the biggest selling DVD sales. <laughs> but it's really unfortunate. Okay, maybe they 
they probably just didn't think of it, but I used to stop the DVD. Or, so you had a okay, but no one else did, but you did. <laughs> Those jinxes were very but ahead I don't of think the they curve. Were, they, I don't think they were thinking of it when they were filming it and editing it. Thinking of the DVD. I used, okay, yes, the doofed. Okay, I don't think they were think, thinking of that because obviously it was still a very new thing. And and uh, I used to pause it halfway through Victor's face changing from a shark to his normal face. Yeah. And it is some weird Willy Wonka. Is, <laughs> like, and Hermione is looking at him as his face changes. And I never understand why Hermione doesn't absolutely lose it. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. It's awful. I mean, in fact, she's a witch. She's been there for four years. Yeah, but just to run, you know, you've just been taken potion. underwater. Yeah, but you've just been taken underwater. Yeah. You've been under there all the time. Under the sea. So your head is going to be a bit flattered. And um, <laughs> that is an inappropriate and, uh, use of that word. As soon as you open your eyes, you've just, you're in the lake and you see a half shark man. The newest Avenger. Just another day at home. <laughs> Half Shark Man. Oh, we're using our made-up names. I'm, I'm Spider Man. Then I watched that last night. I watched Endgame last night. I mean, it's terrific. It's fantastic. But yes, and then uh, Harry realizes that something's up with Fleur. Fleur Delacour. Because Cedric saves um, Cho. Yeah. And there's a lovely little tap. Oh, oh that's watch. just a lovely touch. I, I, I love Cedric's that. character is actually built quite nicely through this film because they've got yeah. so little time to do it. I think they really do cram in development. Um, but there's a, there's a fantastic little relationship between Harry and Cedric that they are backing each other yeah. up. And I think Robert Pattinson plays it well. Yeah, I, I, I do, I, I do, uh, I do like his performance. Your voice is very high, which suggests I, that you don't like his performance. I didn't imagine his performance. I think that that was a thing. I didn't imagine his performance. I don't know yeah, you means. didn't imagine it, but you did see it. When you read the book and you have those oh, okay, thoughts fine. in your head of who would play the character. Who was it in your head then? Was it Henry Cavill? It was more Sean Connery. Connery, <laughs> Connery yeah. <laughs> or Ian McKellen. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I just didn't, I didn't have... Um, I maybe thought that maybe it was a little bit younger, but um, more of a jockish kind of character because he is loved by everyone. Right, okay, okay. I expected him maybe to be a little bit more fit. A little, I don't want to talk about this, about a, about a 17-year-old if He's kid. done the work, though, you can oh, tell. No, like, on, he knew that on. he had these scenes coming up. What <laughs> is up with you in this, Chris. <laughs> this thing? Um, like, if you, could, you can't think of any actors that you would cut, like your pre-Robert Pattinson self would no, cast. You, you, but you just have that feeling. You have that feeling of when you read a book and you just have this kind of character in you no head. fair enough i entirely but subscribe then, uh, to that something is kicked off with fleur and harry realizes so he saves fleur little si fleur's little sister Gabrielle. and ron which the uh the mer people are not no, they really aren't and they're scary things they are actually and uh then harry manages to um i can't remember what spell it was that he uses ascendio wasn't it ascendio. Yeah. to ascendio and uh but can you remember can you remember how he says it though Ascendio. I always thought there was a problem with my uh, DVD. 
when that. Oh, you thought you got a scratch, when yeah. That, and in those days, they were brand yeah, new, so we didn't know how to deal with that. Exactly, I, I didn't know no, what he was thought going it on. was a VHS, but it was actually yeah. a DVD. You're like, oh, do I need to put <laughs> in the that problem to clean the heads of it and get one of those little tapes? And, and oh, maybe. How do I rewind this? How do I rewind? What goes on here? But um, yeah, and then Harry manages to get up, and everyone loves Harry. Everyone's like, whoa! And then Fleur gives uh, Ron a kiss for some reason. No idea why. It had absolutely nothing to do with it. Doesn't she literally say like, "You were she- there too"? Something like that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, she does. Yeah, and she, she does. likes a bit of ginger. Wow. 14 years old. <laughs> Not Fleur. No, obviously, but she's kissing a 14-year-old boy. Two of them. <laughs> you, you pick up on a lot of this stuff, which when we stop recording this, I'd like to chat with you about. <laughs> yeah. Just to see what's going on. We should have a have a yeah. Fine, 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 fine. Looking forward to it. But there we go. We the second task is done, and because of what Harry did, Harry is then put joint second. It's a real yeah. It's a real Dumbledore move. To be like, I tell you what, I just have a few extra ones. You were you came in last, and you broke all the rules. But yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, it's uh, it's cheeky to say the least. And you know what? All 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 of uh, Victor's lads are not happy, and I'm with them. Even I wasn't happy. I wasn't rude. No, of course, and you can't at that point. I was rude for half shark rules. These rules that are set in place, you know, um, if your name's in the goblet of fire, it can't be taken out. And then Dumbledore's just bending the rules left, right, and centre. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Dumbledore should have stayed out of it, in my opinion. Let Trigger sort it all out. Oh well, we're getting onto a big trigger scene, aren't we? Well, this this is when we uh, we get onto the moment now. So they are leaving, and everyone's, uh, you know, the twins are saying. uh, congratulations to Harry and stuff like that. And then uh, Trigger comes up to him. And they have a fantastic little duologue here um, where you... Oh, the, the moment here when they have a lovely little chat and um, Trigger, I keep saying Trigger, Trigger is uh, congratulating Harry on everything he's done. And then Mad-Eye comes up and says that... Um, what's the line that he says that's fantastic, Mad-Eye says? The last person that went and never came out. Yeah. Um, He's talking about something else, though, which what is... What on earth does he say? You'd know about that or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a, a little reference. Yeah, I can't remember your name. I'll see if but I can find moment, it. But that moment, he says, uh, the, the last person that went in never came out, and the tongue lick... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Trigger's performance here is fantastic because he looks at it and straight away... You know something's yeah. up. Yeah. But Mad Eye's character knows knows that he's just clocked him and that's why obviously he has to murder him. But he murders his own father. Absolutely. It's tough. Of course his own father. They never find his body in the books because he's transfor- no. transfigured into a bone and buried, which I think is just brutal. Really? It's like it's, it's horrendous. But clever. Oh yeah, definitely Very clever. But um, that moment when just they both realise what's going on here, they both realise the truth. Yeah. Mad Iron Trigger. Yeah, I... it's fantastic. It's just two seconds, and that two seconds is how long you need to show those facial expressions that we understand. Not fifteen seconds on a bloody <laughs> stare. Those two seconds straight away, I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. 
something is going and we have another lovely clue and it's performed perfectly and uh, then obviously they find his body when they're with Hagrid and they're all they're singing the terrible Hogwarts theme which thank god that scene was cut out of this film of Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy Warty, Hogwarts, teach us something, please. Do you remember this scene? Uh, it's a deleted scene in this film. Yeah, yeah I do. Where uh, it's almost karaoke. Yeah, it's terrible. Where um, all, all the Hogwarts students stand up, uh, Dumbledore then gets the lyrics up. Lovely. And they sing, they sing the song together. You know, I always imagined what it would be. You know, they have those entrances at the beginning with all three schools. I always thought... I wonder what Hogwarts's would be like. And then I think of that song and I think probably yeah. that, which yeah. is embarrassing. How is it and the best magical school? It's not. It can't It be. is not done well, but now we move on to the... Where f- do we go, James? We now move on to the final task. And this is also when we find out that um, Barty Crouch Sr. has imprisoned... Well, did imprison his son, Barty Crouch oh, Jr. Yeah. in Azkaban. That's when we find out. And that's when, you know, we're allowed to start making thoughts on what is happening here. And Dumbledore knows something more is going on. He senses these moments. Spidey sense. Spidey sense. So uh, we now go on to the final task. And the champions have to reach the Triwizard Cup, which is located in a hedge maze. What do we think of the maze? Dreadful. I love it. No. Oh. Let's be clear. The he- okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so I'm going to be the mediator go on, on this. So I'm going to let Pryor go first. Pryor. Yeah. Um, uh, now, Chris, I don't want you to, um, to uh, get angry. I'm just going to say my, my pure thoughts on it, but I'm open to, uh, well, thank to goodness. your thoughts as well. Um, I think it in my opinion, was one of the scariest parts of this film. It was terrifying. The look of it, it was tall. It was dark. It was moody. And it really set the scene. And it almost, the maze to me reflected how everyone was feeling. When it starts off, it looks quite, um, uh, almost like, hey, come in. Look, it's going to be fine. Don't worry come into this maze and you're like okay yeah it's gonna be all right and the minute they're in there and they start to realize that something isn't quite right the whole maze the the colors everything changes and it's darker it's it feels damp it feels scary and i i think it was actually really effective in the role that it was playing Mm. yeah chris i'd like to hear your riposte hang on one second so so do you know what, Pry? I, I, I love your opinion, and I, uh, Thanks, I, mate. I really respect what you have just said. I'm not going to say Thank you're you. wrong, and I'm not going to say you're right. I'm just going to go, awesome, awesome. Thanks. Now I know there are differences, which Mr. Weeks is gonna is gonna jump on here. He's gonna jump on, but obviously, you know, this is all the whole maze scene is set up mainly by not mainly is set up by Moody. Yeah, it's a ploy. It is a ploy. So I'm going to give it over to like that one? Christopher Weeks now on your opinion on the match. Oh, it's dreadful, isn't it? 
It's look. I agree that the atmosphere is nice, but they're wiz- like they're wizards and witches, right? They're not afraid of the damp. They're not afraid of a mist, and the uh, hedges are changing, what? moving around. That's the same thing as the staircases moving. It's just it's it's like a little aside, right? So in the books, this is this is one of the biggest changes, and I was so disappointed when I saw this for the first time and I was expecting so much from the maze because there are boggarts in there. So Harry comes across a Dementor or what he thinks is a Dementor straight away as he's going round. Um, there's a Sphinx in there, which we never, ever see in these films. It's the only time it comes up and it has riddles for him. Maybe not the most cinematic thing, fine. But a Sphinx would have been awesome to see. And there are giant spiders in there. There's actual things like to get past. And um, Dumbledore says, people change in the maze. And I'm always left thinking, why do they change in the maze? And also, how do you know people change in the maze? This hasn't been done in God knows how long. Don't just say, oh, no, it bugged me too much. I'm sorry, Pry. No, it's okay. Um, I think that point that you made with the where Dumbledore says people change and, and their minds change when they go into the maze, that is exactly, in my opinion, why they're scared. You know, when you say... Well, because he set just, them up for it. Scared. No, because the maze is meant to change your mind, you know. It's meant to uh, make you hallucinate, see things, and experience these things. And so if it's in that sense, like a hallucinogenic, then it's quite understandable why they might be um, scared. I mean, I absolutely agree, but I think you're being very generous in, in like suggesting that's what they've set up. If they, if it was like that episode of Sherlock, where they start hallucinating because the air is full of a hallucinogenic gas, then that would be great. Like the magical equivalent of that in the maze. I'd be like, oh, amazing. Fantastic. And it could be like, yeah, or like the scarecrows in the gaps. spray or something. Nightmarish. Yeah, I don't, that's what I saw. And I think I filled in the gaps for myself just because, you know, there's like a small layer of yeah. fog that kind of gently comes in. And so to me, the the feeling that I got, and this is me filling in the gaps, is that it was a hallucinogenic and that's why all these things happened. And Harry's speaking to Cedric and he says... Um, something like um, don't pay attention to it it's playing with your mind and all this stuff and they have this this dialogue in there that that um, says all these points that I think are really relevant but I do agree it could have been slightly more interesting but I also like the simplicity of the maze the way that it is literally a being in itself and it is the enemy in this situation there isn't anything in there to to throw us off course or to throw the characters off course it is this maze that's trying to devour them mm. and that is their sole enemy i think it's interesting both it paints a nice picture jenks i won't lie to you yeah it's it's so <laughs> because i've seen the film and read the books this book he's, i he's very I proud agree. of having read the book i know i'm just gonna keep throwing <laughs> that one out there i do remember reading this moment and I did love, I especially loved uh, the Bogger Dementor moment. Yeah. And I remember thinking that would have been a beautiful thing to throw in, especially after Azkaban. Yeah, we've not seen them for all this time. And also, we see them in Order of the Phoenix. Mm. So, you know, why not drop them in here? Because, you know, Dementors are 
all the way through this now. They're always, uh, well, they're just always in the storyline. So why not pop them in there just to carry on that character development that Harry's had from the previous film? So what I think they decided, and I think they just went on a filmmaker's stance here and they said, okay, we need to drop Fleur, we need to drop Victor, we just need to concentrate on Cedric and Harry and we need to get them to that graveyard. Let's have that little moment, you know, of the maze and stuff like that. But I think from a filmmaker's perspective, they've gone, right, okay, we just need to push through and get to that big moment Mm -hmm. because we've just shown them three tasks as much. I mean, that's the reason why I think this should, this probably should have been definitely made into two films. Um, It would have been fantastic. I would have adored it. But um, I think that's what they've gone. I love both sides. I love what happens in the books, but when I'm reading the books, I'm, fully in depth with it and i'm you know i'm I'm going to be reading it for a while whereas the film i'm just like okay this is just two hours so if all that was added in just on one film then it would have been a bit much i think and i think that's what they realized when they were told okay you're just doing one film do you also remember their eyes as well their hazed over eyes i think that might have been a clue pointing towards. no that's the imperious curse yeah that's the imperious curse Oh, of course it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you've, yeah, you've done the, me, this, this, I, I like, I, I, I agree with you. I, I do love that the maze is turned into more of a character that it is trying to just take them. That even though they're trying to look through the maze, it's not just a maze, that it's actually trying to take them. It's trying to not only stop them and divert them from a place that they want to go, but it's actually not eating them. But you know what I mean? It's, its roots devour them and stuff like that. That that was a really yeah. Cool no, I do like that. There's I a sense that, of danger there. Uh, great, and that the the little running scene towards the cup when they finally find it. Oh yeah, when Harry and, and Cedric basically... get together, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's really really cool. And even um, what you know when Crumb turns up, right? What you're talking about with the bewitched eyes, uh, and Cedric disarms him. That it's a great actiony yeah. moment that he's got there. And yeah. it's a great yeah, moment to know then, that Cedric was actually going to do him in. Yeah. And there's also when um, Cedric gets taken down and he says, don't leave me. And Harry goes yeah. back to him again. It's a, just a stunning yeah. Now again, moment this moment, this is how you do a bloody stare. This yeah, is where editing yeah. is fantastic yeah. because my God, that moment where it just stops for about five seconds and Harry just turns his head and looks and just stares. It said so much. And the music just yeah, drops. Which is great. And I was just like, oh my God, is he going to yeah. do it or isn't he? I actually don't know. It's a bit like the, it's a bit like the ring. Like when Frodo is yeah. in like fellowship or something or two towns, well, not only fellowship, and he's wondering whether he should put on the ring. And it sort of slows yeah. down and it goes quiet. It's yeah. very, very similar. If, if, if Harry did choose to carry on, I wouldn't have been, I would have been a bit surprised, but I wouldn't have gone, no, 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 that, that's not Harry's character yeah. because of everything that's going on in the maze. Like, of of course, like, okay, if he wants to carry on on his own, he wants to win. He wants to get yeah. out of this. He, I mean, he's probably thinking logically, okay, this place isn't actually going to kill. Yeah, exactly. Humans. Like really? So if he did run off, I'd be like, fair enough, but he'd still have to make Cedric suffer, which, um, you know, his character then turns back and helps him out. And it's just like, that's great. And then the suspenseful run and the moment when Cedric's, Cedric Cedric, <laughs> Cedric is like, no, you take it, you take it. And then they both agree together. And I'm just like, 
this is brilliant. This is brilliant. These yeah. two characters that have been pitted against each other through most of this film are working together and both want to win this together. I, ad- Still I, I adore that. Didn't turn out to be a good move from Hazard, though. Should have really it left him. But the thing is, is that this is what... This is the one little downfall that I always question. Go on. Um, is that... Well, what, what happens when... If Harry did take the cup, he just goes, goes to the graveyard. How, how does Cedric get out, then? What's what do you mean? Oh, they just, I mean, presumably the hedge can move, so they would just open a gateway back but, to the... If he if he fires his sparks out, like that's if you're in trouble. How does he get out? I mean, like they'll come in and get him, or it's a maze. It's going to take a yeah, while. Yeah, but the maze can move, so they can probably just burst their way through it. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> so now, oh, so th- th- let's just talk about this transition because I think they do this really well. Like Cedric being freed and all the excitement and the music and the score of them getting up to the cup, grabbing it, getting taken through the air, and then all of a sudden it's dead silence and dark. Yeah, and like empty. Do you know what I mean? Can you remember that shift? You do expect that. You expect that massive celebration. It's, that's what it feels like it's going want. to. And then it just yeah. doesn't. And I think they do that really, really well here. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's really beautifully yeah. done when they're trying to... And also the realisation, Daniel Reckler's performance in this bit is actually fantastic when he realises this is the yeah. graveyard he's been he dreaming of. He has seen of. it, absolutely. And Cedric is just having the time of his life and he's like, it's a port key. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, those guys. He's still, he's still expecting this to be a celebration. He's just like, oh, okay, we're... At, we're a graveyard for some reason, but we've won. Yeah. Fantastic. And then um, then that moment yeah. where Harry realises, you're just like, and then you realise with him, which is just like, oh, God, we're, we're about to yeah, go down a something very bad. dark road now. And then Pettigrew runs out with uh, this baby-like figure. Horrible. And... Um, straight away Voldemort just goes kill the boy he says kill the spare yeah that's it kill the spare she's just like what's going on like it just kills him like that though you're just like whoa in fact the whole franchise turns on that moment really doesn't it yeah because all of a sudden life is like snuffed out as though it's valueless for the first time yeah because you you start to you realise later on okay um Barty Crouch Sr.'s death was for a reason. Yeah. There was a purpose. Yeah. Whereas Cedric's death isn't for a purpose. It's brutal. It's just because he'd slightly get in the way. He's a bit of an inconvenience because he didn't expect Cedric to be there mm. with Harry. He just expected Harry to win because that's how it's all of been course. set up. And you're just like, whoa, he's dead? And then suddenly Pettigrew, you know, puts him up against... um. Tom Riddle's father's um, tombstone. Yeah, it's a creepy, creepy tombstone. <laughs> with yeah, which is just like... Death is there with his uh, scythe, the Grim Reaper. Yeah, who's like, who, who set that Yeah, up? flipping out. What do you expect? Come choice. on. Of course bad <laughs> stuff's going to happen around cool. there. Yeah. And then um, he's performing this resurrection mm. spell. Well, not really resurrection. Well, it but... sort of is, isn't it? He's 
He's still yeah. alive, but he's giving him a new body. Yeah. And um, it's... Uh, I just... Uh, I, I could go on forever and ever talking about just this whole scene, but it's, it's, it's beautifully yeah. done. I adore it until it gets to a certain... Oh, point. I wonder where. But, um, Do you like Voldemort being clothed? Like, in, as he hovers in the um, air? Yeah. I've, I've got nothing really averse... I, I mean, what, do you want him naked? No, 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 no this, I just mean like the... Is this another the, thing, another week's thing that he's going to bring just, up? He's here? got this topless... He's not been working out for it. Like, so what's the point? <laughs> no, but like, I, I like the way that it's... It's almost as though he's clothed in magic, you know? Like yeah. the way that it hovers yeah. around him and then it just encases him and he's suddenly in these robes. It's, it's that, that darkness yeah. turning into a robe, which I'm just like... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, wow, this is, a, this is, this is different than anything we've seen before. And then you realise, because I, I, I didn't realise before when I just heard those lines in the dream, but it's Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. I'll see how, how You know that he's, he's got him. a real issue with people. Yeah, really? he really does. Well, Ralph, if you're listening. <laughs> Come at me. I apologise. But you think, wow, okay. Another incredible actor added to this mm. franchise. But to play... Voldemort to play this yeah. evil character. Obviously, we've seen him play evil parts before and stuff like that, like in Schindler's List, etc. But like to play Voldemort, it's like, iconic, oh, isn't it? Already, big. it's iconic at this yeah. point. That's really big. And then he then calls back his Death Eaters, his yeah. followers. And this is the moment that kind of gets me a little: is that I think in in there should have been a little more concentration on. The followers and the deputies. Okay. Or they're just people Especially, in clothes. Yeah, and he says the names I know, but like, I feel like there should just have been a bigger thing with who these characters are. Mm, I spe- that they are Crab and yeah. Goyle and Malfoy, and it's like you are Harry was right all along. Yeah, yeah, and you would be confused by because they they obviously it's the last name, but like when you hear Crab yeah. and Goyle, you're like, oh, is that? Oh, okay. Who are they? Are they must be the parents, yeah. or like there's a question that you ask there. Also, McNair is there, who um, killed in inverted commas Buckbeak. We don't know about him really, but he's he's there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Not is there, and Avery's there. These the, like as readers of the books, we know who these characters are. But you're absolutely right; yeah. we don't get any information about them. And that's what I wanted. Yeah, I just wanted a bit more of that that these are his followers that you've heard of in the three previous books and films so why not just jump on that a bit more know that harry and the three of them were right that they didn't trust them they knew something was going on they knew that they were helping out but you know in the past three film well not the film before but the first two films they always whenever anyone was under suspicion with anything to do with voldemort they were always under Mm. suspicion and to now know that they were right that their parents are Death Eaters. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, don't you want to lean on that a little bit? No, you are right. All of that. Yeah, I've never been entirely satisfied with it. Definitely for other reasons as well. I've never really thought about it like that, but you are right. It's a missed... um, Yeah. It's definitely a missed opportunity among many missed opportunities. Absolutely. But there we are. We have Voldemort back and they have... I can... Touch you. That moment, which he's yeah, fourteen. Jesus 
I mean, it's a classic Weeks moment here. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I love this scene and I love... Oh, go on, Bri. No, I was just going to ask Chris yeah. if he liked it or not. <laughs> it's not ripped enough, it's just was like, it? <laughs> just a bit skinny, you know? Yeah. Not like me. Or not like you, Bri. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. But um, yeah, and then we have this showdown between sorry gonna say it in the book this is much cooler i think they do this well in the film though i like it but in the book there's a lot more dialogue you find out a couple of more things about what's been going on can can i just ask you boys not in depth briefly what do you think of uh rafe ralph finds his performance let's say in this scene what do you what do you reckon are you big fans pry uh, I'll go first. Um, I think it's I think it's good. It doesn't stand out to me in any particular way. Um, but perhaps because I'm so used to it now, I don't know. Um, I think I think it's good and it's captivating and it he does exactly what you kind of expect him to do. There's nothing that's surprising in there. Um, I think mm. I like it altogether. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Jenks? Yeah, first time I watched it, I did think maybe this is a bit over the top. This is a bit big that he's taking this character. But now I look back on it, I think, no, I think he had the right choices here. You know, he didn't really have much to go off considering his predecessors were a CGI head (laughs) and a young boy. You know, the, the, the character isn't really fleshed out enough, ready for him just to jump in. So he has to work on it and find it himself, really. Obviously, in the books, there's more. But, you know, to put on a performance on film, he had to go for it a bit more. Whereas Michael didn't. Yeah. But anyway. But you know what I mean? He, he had to just go with a very bold choice, I think, and just go with it. And he kept with that bold choice all the way through. And I... I enjoyed it. I, I did first time I watched it. I remember going, "Whoa, that's a bit big. What's mm. going on here? You're being very dramatic." But then again, you think of this character. This is the first time this character has been fully, you know, he's in a, a humanoid body now for a first time in a mm, long time. Absolutely. You know, those fantastic. I think it was. It's said before when um, I was watching an interview on him, and he based the character very much on a snake. Yeah. He wanted those snake likenesses to be thrown in there and stuff. May, you know, maybe because, you know, part of his soul is in a snake. Um, but also, but then again, he didn't do any of the others. <laughs> so, so, but I know, I know, I don't know if you've watched really it when they go through actors' it? timelines, yeah. the film timelines. He was talking about it there, just saying that he, he very much wanted to do snake kind of qualities. This is the first time his character has been in a humanoid body and he just, you know, and, and he, he spoke about a lot in the books. There are a lot of moments where Voldemort and Parseltongue and those snakish qualities are mentioned. Yeah. Chris, so I think that's what... Absolutely. Think, yeah, I, I, um, I, I'm undecided on this performance, I think. Because well, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Pry. I'm not... I'm just not entirely convinced by it. Um, I don't think he does anything wrong, but I'm just not sure that he's the right actor for this part. 
I, uh, just just in this film, or overall? I think overall, I did, oh. but, it, it's like he does a really good job with it, but it's like it's almost like I'm seeing the understudy. Like, wow. but you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's it, and it, like I'm. It's like technically hits all the marks, and it's 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 really good, and it's really solid, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, fine, he can be Voldemort, but it's just it doesn't catch fire. I, I, I can't put my finger on what it is because That's yeah cool. but it's just like when he's it's like in that speech where he's he's talking to the Death Eaters um, welcome my friends 13 years it's been and it's like is that Voldemort talking yeah, yeah it feels like an actor that, is doing a very good performance of Voldemort is it is it because the character he makes the character very human, and you de- you expect him to be something completely? I think there different. is an element of that, and that I have that that I have that same issue. I think for different reasons with Gambon, because I absolutely believe that Ray Fiennes did all the work that he possibly could. Like I mean, and what you're saying, yeah. it, it makes perfect sense. He's that he's he's a diligent yeah. actor, you know it. it, it yeah. You can't fault that for a moment. But I think it comes off the same. Dumbledore you expect to be almost otherworldly because he's seen so much and is so clever. Voldemort is on that level as well. So you don't expect you just expect that sort of detachment. Yeah. But for it to be so believable. But I suppose it's interesting when you think about the things that that character has done. Yeah. You expect him you expect him to be a lot Dark yeah, expect to he has to be RP accent. I, oh yeah, I see. I couldn't even put my finger on to say like, oh, the accent is wrong because I like the accent could be fine. It's what's happening inside is not there or is not right or is not. I don't know. It's not fueling it enough that I believe it. It's it's very very difficult. This this is one of the one of those instances in film where I'm like, I can't. I just can't tell you what even what I think is is wrong with it but there's something fundamentally off but we, we have we have seen yeah. the character in very far out ways before this so i think that may be wise well because he has been a cgi head i mean the, the cgi head, head is body. dreadful let's be honest but like but to think of the character that that's the way that he's staying alive those are the things that he's resorting to then resorting to a book but i think i don't like memory. i don't believe in it enough that i connect those they feel yeah. like completely right. separate. Before it's a bit like seeing Gollum in Fellowship of the Ring, and then seeing Andy Serkis play him. It's like, oh, he looks complete. It's like it's two different, completely different characters. But like in the, do you know what I mean? I, yeah, it's 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 very difficult, and I'm going to try and think about it more for when we get onto the next film because I know I brought it up here, but I just wanted to see if I could find what I was thinking. Well, no, but th- this is our first introduction. Yeah, this is a very exactly. Big introduction, but I, I still. Like there's 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 a lot of good stuff about everything that he's doing. Yeah, that's just something not quite there for me. That's interesting, actually. I've never I'd never really thought of it. I've always kind of uh, gone along yeah. with it because I'm I suppose I'm just used to terrible performances <laughs> in these type of films. We but have got quite a kind of in, yeah immune uh, immunized to them. I just think like what would happen yeah. in the remake? Who would play him in the remake if there was a if there was a remake, who would you cast? Yeah. And it would be someone who's but, like um, a, not a stage actor, someone who's got all the inner no, stuff going Connery. on. Connery, it's 
Personally, I'd like Con- a... Connery. I'd, li- I'd like a... Go on, Pry. Connery. Always Connery. <laughs> Not a stage but, yeah, actor. Yeah, personally, if I, if I was to do it, I'd, I'd want a character yeah. actor to, uh, to do it. A, a film character actor that's someone that can transform. <gasps> I know. I know the perfect guy. Who? Warwick. Wow. <laughs> now that would be bold He would have played his 50th part in these films. <laughs> be good. Be really good. Um, I mean, but, but like, I'm just like throwing it out. But someone like, you look at a character like, a character, an actor like Johnny I Depp. I thought of Johnny Depp as well. Someone that can completely change himself to something very, I don't know if you've seen uh, Fear and yeah. Loathing in Las Vegas, but that's a character that I'm, I get really scared yeah. of that character, a, a, a drug addict writer that tries out all the drugs in Las Vegas because he wants to understand what that world is like, you know, that, but the way he plays characters as well, and then doing something like Willy Wonka or Edward Scissorhands, he can do that. He can literally mold himself into someone like that. Whereas Ralph Fiennes, you do kind of think he is this RP British theatre yeah. actor. Like you, that, you yes, see him Ralph, in James Bond, you're like, oh yeah, it's Voldemort. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to kind of think of that, but maybe that would have been interesting. But then again, Johnny Depp was brought into this Oh, world. I think, yeah, Johnny Depp's a good example, as in like, if we were in the 90s, you'd be like, oh cool, yeah. Johnny Depp yeah. is too, he's the Stephen Fry now. It bizarrely. Like it's very difficult to yeah, cast Johnny it, Depp in something and have and it's Johnny Depp, it's, you know. It's weird to, it's weird to put him. I think it's you can't put Johnny Depp in franchises that are already. Yeah, established. no, I absolutely agree. And I, if you're going to establish a franchise, you establish it with Johnny yeah, Depp. He he's he is bigger exactly. or on a par with any franchise that he goes into, which is a real issue. Exactly. I think for an actor like him, and I think it was a big issue for Fantastic yeah. Beasts. At the whole, like, I know there's all sorts yeah. of controversy in the law courts that's going on, which is just like, yeah, how can you, like, there's such a furore going on around that. How can you cast someone like that in a film yeah. and expect it not to overshadow it? That's mental. That's a whole different thing. Exactly. But yeah. also, jo- Johnny Depp, he, he's, he was always going to overshadow yeah. whatever character that he was playing. And Madness. Like, when he turns up in Fantastic Beasts, like, you were, that, that completely throws the whole thing off for me. Yeah. And I love him. Yeah, he's, I got a lot of admiration. Top three he's a brilliant actors. actor, but it's like you have to use him really carefully. Don't throw him into films yeah. like this. But it, it's interesting you say that about Fines. It's, it's very, I've never thought about it. In fact, both of you, because you both kind of um, fell on the yeah. same thing, which I'd never thought of before. But um, obviously, then, then we go, they have the jewel. The jewel is cool. I do like the jewel. I know you say you prefer it in the books. Obviously, so do I. But the jewel... I. I do prefer this whole scene yeah. in the books because there's just a lot more. And this type of scene is a scene that I do want fleshed out. I want it as fleshed out as possible. Whereas scenes before that have happened in this scene, in this film, that are fleshed out don't need to be. Yeah. There doesn't need to be a lot of that. There's so here, much going on. I think it deserves it. But um, yes, and then we see um, the Force Ghosts. <laughs> Of uh, of Cedric and uh, Harry's Harry is and stuff, all the and Jedi, and uh, I think take it's... my body back, Harry. <laughs> take take my body back. If uh, I'm fourteen, <laughs> leave me alone, God. But um, yeah, I I think this is beautifully done. It's beautifully beautifully made. Um, 
it just keeps this film on top for me. And the fact that the parents, because this is a different casting now of the parents. No, it's Isn't not. It? No, it's the same casting. It's the yeah. same casting. They keep the same casting all the Sweetheart, way. Sweetheart, you're ready. Let go. Oh, I love so that. So do man. I, but I remember it very distinctly. Oh, I, th- I thought you were about to No, it. no, it's like, no I, de- no, I definitely do like that. It's just, it's so weird when you see these characters who you have seen in the films before and you were like, oh, I wonder how they speak. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God. It's always a surprise. Yeah, no matter how they sounded, it would be a surprise. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful scene. I think scene it's great. And I think the, the link, the Priory Incantatum looks great. Like it looks yeah. wild. And um, Radcliffe's performance in this moment when he sees his parents and stuff like that, I... Yeah, I do. It's really nice. I think it's it's beautiful. Isn't it interesting that he's and he's I, sharing the screen with Ray Fiennes and yet you're like, oh yeah, Radcliffe. He's got it going on in this moment yeah. where Harry's going through the emotional ringer. He really does. And then um they manage to jump on Voldemort <laughs> whilst Harry runs. <laughs> Just imagine him runs going to the <laughs> They just do a big yeah, bundle, bundle. and that Harry takes the portgate with Cedric's dead Horrible. body back to the entrance of the maze, and amazing. Yeah. This is this is the best part yeah, of the film. This me. scene is phenomenal. Yeah, Harry goes. Uh, I've uh, brought Cedric back. Um, yeah, he'll be all right. Give him you got minute. my winnings. Uh, just, Thousand galleons, wasn't yeah, it? That's, um, that's very Ricky Gervais way of you saying that, David Brent. Yeah, yeah. he's all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot off, um, but I will take my winnings, and I'll see you guys in a bit. I would love that rewrite. He just good. takes a suitcase and walks off, <laughs> walks through all the steps, and goes, "Cheers, cheers, guys. I want it. Come on." Well played, well played, everyone. Well played. Yeah. See ya. See you later. See you next term. <laughs> See you later, Cedric. Oh, he's just he's but, resting. No. It's fine. But I right. love this bloody scene. It's great, and I like Gambon's performance here. Yeah, Gambon is all right here. This I, I have like, one issue with this scene. When he, Let me raise it and see if you think it's the same. You dare say it's my boy? No, oh my god, you no! Dare. Uh, that okay. that rescues the whole film up to this point. Yeah. No, um, it's the, it's the word back. I cannot stand the way they use the he's word back. back. And then in the next film, Fudge goes, he's not back. It's like nobody says that. Do you know what I mean? He's back. Yeah. That. Are you picking up on this film for... The genuinely of one it's a, word it, this is this word is a huge deal for me in these films is it in the next two films no, i i to a certain extent i actually do agree because oh. you've got to <laughs> you've got to use real sentences that real people say otherwise we you can't, can't believe it no and yeah he's back if someone has come back from i don't know let's say they've just completed a marathon or something you don't go He's back. You know, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't, it's not something that people say. Um, and I know that it's, it's different because they've appeared rather than, you know, finishing a marathon for the 
L- lack of a better phrase. Well, no, there. but I, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. They've just gone through these three tasks and stuff. I, I get what you mean, Pry. Yeah, and I don't know. To me, it feels... It feels... Go on, bro. And I did... I noticed it. That's the worst thing is that I noticed it and that's why I have to heavily agree. If you yeah. notice something as small as that, then there's something... Yeah, no, there. absolutely. And like, it, I think it. this is a really good example of Radcliffe being the inexperienced actor it really shows up here because it's like it, he could be he could be doing like he he would have to have serious serious chops there it is boys to pull off a line like this like i think it would be really really difficult and it's the simplest line in the world but to make that work and to make it carry the whole impact of what's gone through what he's just gone through and everything that's happened he just have to have chops through the roof and that it falls so flat really it shows it's like, don't, what, what you do? For one thing, people don't talk like that. For another thing, you've got this poor, inexperienced boy. Fine, he's done three films, whatever. But you can't give him stuff that's not gold because it's never going to work. He can't make something that's rubbish fly. Um, sorry, Jenks, but that, I, I absolutely agree. This scene is absolute gold, but this has always, always bugged me. That word has always bugged me. Yeah. What do we think about the, uh, the trombone player that has the last name? It's legend. great. It's great. But I, I, I love that because that, that is, like we were talking about earlier, that is the celebration yeah. that we expected to see when they touched that porky. But another scene is shoved yeah. in between. And then we're thrown back to that thing that we expect. And straight away we're like, yeah. no, 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 stop, 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 stop. It's great. And it's so good because you're, the whole audience are with Harry and you're just like, Oh my god! You need to stop. I feel and like shut up. the camera is just on Harry, isn't it? When he comes back, it's just him on the floor. Yeah. You can hear it all going on. Everyone knows what's going on. That's a lovely instance of like we're not being spoon fed. We know that he's back. We know yeah. that everyone's celebrating, but we're with Harry. That's if we'd have more yeah. of that throughout this whole film, you'd be like, great, fantastic. Oh yeah, fantastic. But um, oh, it you you are with Harry a hundred percent in this moment, and it, it is done so well, and. Gotta talk the uh, the moment when Cedric Dad, you know, first comes down because he's he's got that celebration, yeah. and then first shouts, "That's Ugh. my boy," and then he gets down and he's screaming and crying. And I don't usually like performances that go this far because I'm always like, "Okay, shut up, shut up, all right, calm down." But after everything that we've just been through, you're like. Wow! Yeah. That this is you know he he's there seeing his son go through all this dangerous stuff and stuff, but he knows in his heart of hearts there is no possible death that can possibly happen from any of yeah, these yeah. tasks. In, you know, if they ever get into a really really bad situation, they're witches and wizards; they can save them and stuff. It just means that they've failed the task. But to actually see his son dead and know that they didn't do anything. He couldn't do anything. And then he just he just sits there next to him. And there and it's the way that the the other characters, you don't really see them. They just see their hands and their arms holding him. And you're just like, oh my God, this is brilliant. It's so good. And then Moody, well, first Dumbledore taking a hold of Harry, and then Moody just taking yeah. him and, and leading him away. You're just like, he's been taken. He's just been through all of this. 
seen Cedric die, taken Cedric back, and now he's being taken away from it. He's being moved away from it, and we don't... What I always thought, I don't know if you guys thought, but I don't. I never. I used to think, is that for his safety? What's that for? Why is he being taken away? Why does Dumbledore want him away from this situation? Is that to keep him safe because he doesn't know how people are going to react? Are they all going to think I, that Harry murdered him? Because why would Harry bring back his dead? I don't body? think Dumbledore really wants him to go at all. Like Dumbledore would take him up to his office, but he, like they say that. As soon as Moody takes him away, Dumbledore knows what's going on pretty much straight away. I mean, it takes him a while mm. to get up to the office if he works it out straight away. But um, I yeah. suppose he's got his hands full. But no, it's really Moody who yeah. wants to take him away. But yeah, but but in the film, it is it's Dumbledore that gives him to Moody. I think that's because Amos then- comes down, so he sort of moves Harry yeah. aside. I think it's I think it's more that. Yeah, oh, it's interesting. I I always thought that there was a possibility that maybe Dumbledore didn't think about what, well, did think about what could possibly be the outcome of this. There could be a a possible everyone hating Harry kind of situation because he's just come back and returned with a dead body. You don't die in these, like they they would save them. So why the hell is Harry Potter? It's always Harry Potter. Isn't even meant to be here. But like he isn't even meant to be here. Why has he come back with such a right, we shouldn't even be here. Beer. But I always thought that. But yes, Mad-Eye Moody, to what we believe him as, takes him back to, uh, takes Harry back to his office. And then we just get this fantastic little performance. Brendan Gleeson. Um, from, from, oh, great mm. actor anyway. Um, you know, doing impressions of uh, Hagrid and stuff and, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. And then you realise when he tries to take that drink out of the flask and you realise it's empty and, you're, and he starts shaking straight away. You're like, oh my yeah. God, this isn't him. Well, of course, we also have the uh, the, the line of, um, what was it like? Oh. Oh, a graveyard. And then, and he's like, I didn't mention a graveyard. And he's like, don't. I'm in for it. Oh, I'm in for it. And that's yeah. when he reaches for his polyjuice. Yeah. And all these things I realise you slowly find out. But obviously you're thinking in the back of your head, oh, everyone's still at the maze. Yeah. Everyone's still there right now. How, how would they know? How would they find out that this is happening? And then Snape bashes down that door. Ugh. And you're just like, legend. And uh, McGonagall, Snape, and... They're all there, yeah. There. They all hold... They hold down... Um, Mad Eye, and then he changes, and then bang, it's Tennant. It is Barty Crouch Jr. And you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. And that's one thing about this film is that they do do that perfectly. And I think it's great that they had him in that first scene because he is this underlying yeah. current that comes all the way through. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense, doesn't yeah. it? He needs to have the the appearances early yeah. on just to sort of to like um to lay that thread and sow that seed throughout the film and it is placed pretty evenly like he's right at the very beginning he's sort of in the middle with the pensive stuff um but all of that is is so good anyway tenant is so good in that and then yeah. he comes in at the very end it's a lovely part for tenant isn't it really it's great because he, i mean yeah. he does three or four scenes 
And he's one of the most memorable yeah. characters. Because technically, he is the he villain is. in this yeah. film. Voldemort's knocking about fine, but he's yeah. made it all happen. But yeah, it's, it's Barty Crouch Jr. And to remember Brendan Gleeson and David Tennant both playing one character, it's awesome right. stuff. Then he says, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> but yeah, and then we, we come to the end and we come, and I'd love to know both of your guys' opinions before we finish on this final speech that Dumbledore does to oh, yeah. the kids, to the students, where he says, Voldemort killed Cedric Diggory. He announces it to everyone that this is what happens. He doesn't keep anything away. He doesn't keep it just to the teachers that they know the situation that's happening. He announces it to everyone. And I'd like to know what you think, not only as a character, but also Michael's performance. Good old Michael. I think it's in positives and negatives here. I love the way that he says, um, he almost loses the words. He probably does, because he probably doesn't know the lines. He says, fierce, fierce <laughs> friend. Remember he does that? That's a really yeah. nice line. Just because it's like, it's just so it's so like it's the simplest thing that you could say in a funny sort of way yeah. and it's unusual that's the one that sticks in my mind um mm -hmm. but i don't like he says uh, the ministry of magic does not wish for me to tell you this it's like oh come on think he does he does he does but he does have that nice one so i'll give him that it's a six out of ten speech for me yeah, that ministry line, I think, is um, unnecessary as well. Yeah. It's not very Dumbledore to, yeah, stop to say that, in Dumbledore. my opinion. I don't, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't think he'd have a I, sly dig. Why does the, the character ministry, say really? that so early? Like in the next film, you understand. But in this one, you're like... It, it's out of place. Yeah. I, I actually really like um, the what Dumbledore's done as a character because, you know, otherwise that's how rumours start and people start just guessing and all that kind of thing. So what he's done as a character here is lovely. And um, I think it's really needed and a lovely end to have a little moral of honesty and, and togetherness at the end of this film where everyone's been competing. Mm. Um, everyone ends up together, both in the literal and the metaphorical sense, which I think is a great way to end a film. Anything's oh my God. Better than the last film. Jeez, would the... Uh, so, I mean, we are just blessed to have any yeah. different ending. But, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. And then uh, and then all the schools leave in their own cool way in the carriage. That lovely the score here. The, but I've always wondered, okay, they're in a ship. They've just gone underwater, but yeah. it's a lake. I've always thought that as well. I <laughs> so what? It must, it must be like it, the whole thing listen, apparates listen. when it's underwater. Now, listen, they got to the other end. <laughs> Yeah. We'll right, we've done all that for show they just want it. they wanted it to look cool and then they walk, they walk the, the rest of the way why did we take the ship we've got a 2,000 mile walk now why did we take just that big boot the others did <laughs> yes but the ship looked cool he fair is right. enough but yeah and that, that is the end there we are we are now at the end we've finished <laughs> goodness me I did a proper in under 10 minutes moment there as in I remember that. Um, we, we are now at the end of that film. And there we are. That is Harry Potter Goblet of Fire. The fourth God, film. It's been emotional, hasn't it? Of the, 
Harry Potter franchise. We've gone deep. We've had lots film. of ups and in particular. I mean, I feel that I've been on an emotional roller coaster with this podcast in many ways. In in, in many ways, people not ripped enough for Chris. Well, barely anyone was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was so disappointed. So it really got to him. But boys, before we finish, gotta ask the obvious question here. We got to find out how many dinkles this film gets, and uh, Prime going to go to you. I am giving it four dinkles. Um, I think there's not much explanation needed, really. Everything that we've said in this film to me has summed up a strong four dinkler that um, has its flaws, but we were nitpicking. To be fair, mm. it is a fantastic film, and it's high in the rankings of the HP um, saga, if you will. So, uh, for me, strong form. How about that? I will give it, I think, three dinkles, and I'm going to give it a little berry. Um, You remember, I I put this second on my ranking, Jenks, when we did that. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what I can give it. Three and a half. And it should be the Avengers. This is what I stand by. It's disgraceful. Yeah, the thing is, because, sorry, go on. <laughs> we had that big chat about film and how it should be executed. And, um, you know, I completely agree. All these films should be executed exactly like Avengers should have been. And, you know, only one of these films, in my opinion, did that. As in only one of the Harry Potter films did that. And Azkaban did that for me. It was absolute perfection. There was a, like two or three things that were slight, in fact, no, not slight, tiny blots on the entire film. And as I recall, I, I think I gave, what did I give as, as Four about? and a half, maybe four? Yeah, I take it back. I give it a five. I think, I think as come about. morning, you'll regret that. Now, as, Azkaban is a five. Is it a especially five? Especially I looked at... At this, now I've looked at this film. Think of the Avengers, though. That's a five film. Azkaban is not a five film. Oh, I, what? It's a pin. No! <laughs> but, but for this, I agree with Pryor. I'm going to give it a four because just as a moviegoer, you do enjoy this film so much. And the main plot line is fantastic. The main characters you follow are fantastic in this. There isn't really much that destroys them other than that weird, the weird Dumbledore moments that happen. But as when I got to this film, I was like, oh, sod him. <laughs> Can't be asked for that character anyway. Um, I was happy when he died. In I, w- I literally was bored That's awful. He's my, my favorite character in the whole thing. But but nothing grew really from from Azkaban to Half Blood Prince. I, there wasn't no, really I any agree. Growth. I mean, in the in, books, obviously, not in the films. Yeah, it was, it's different in the books. And then you find out in the Half Blood Prince all the stuff. You find out stuff that actually made the character grow two films after he died, and that's it, really. But the, yeah, this film is. I do, I do love this film. I do love this film, and I I'd, I'd go back and watch it easily. As many times I'd watch sequences from this film because they're some of them are absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But um 
yeah, I, I, I'd give this one a four dinkle. I think it has fantastic moments. And I, I, I do agree with Pry. You know, I, I, I go back and forth on the Harry Potter films because sometimes they do just get to me. But yeah. Back and forth like Aberforth. <laughs> Another wasted character oh, in the Harry Potter yeah. films. <laughs> yeah. But we aren't there we'll get to yet. That at a later date. So, uh, guys, yeah. just so you know, so yeah, go on, man. You are listening. We have a website out. We have a blog. We Do have we? merchandise. We have uh, all our links to our podcast, so you can check out everything that we've done. We also have a link to our YouTube channel, so you can see our latest series that we brought out. What if our latest episode would be one that I don't know right now um but one that i do know because of the time that we are recording this is what if anakin killed obi-wan on mustafa it's 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 a must watch (laughs) a must watch yeah but i was in like must oh cool that's good that's good i would have said musta watch that's risky yeah i've I feel like that is better there. The risk does pay off. That's that's prior for you. Does pay off. It's quite tasty. Quite tasty. But there we are, ladies and gentlemen. We have come to the end of another podcast. And if you've been with us all the way, goddamn, you're amazing. But, ladies and gentlemen, my name is AJ Jenks, and I have been with Ben Pryor and Chris Weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. This has been Eight Days a Geek. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye now. I ain't got nothing but love, babe. Woo! Eight days again.